So, I just got the State Farm Personal Price Plan on my car insurance. So you told your agent you play the bagpipes for your dog? What? No, I didn't get that personal. My agent just helped me create an affordable price just for me. Okay, let me show you what I've been working on. Hey, Buster! Contact local agent Elvis Gates in Long Beach today. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Now, and on the podcast side, we say hello to everybody listening on in on Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott from Disclosure Team Podcast. Vinny Adams is here. We're going to break down all the UFO sorts. That's been going on quite a bit recently. And, man, it's going to be a good show. There's Bill WD-40 lubing us up for tonight's show because you always want to go into a show nice and smooth. Cherry Pepsi Mike, what's happening, my man? How you doing? Good to see you again. Uh, Alien Believers, thanks for coming on in. And uh, we are caught up on the roll call. And I want to remind everybody the Super Chat is open. Also open is our store on our website, spacedoutradio.com. We do not have ugly swag, people. We have swag that you actually would like to wear out rather than just while you're painting or washing the floors or moving couches. No, our stuff you could actually wear out and be proud of it. So head to spacedoutradio.com. Remember, May 10th through 12th, 2024, at the Silver Legacy Casino and Resort in Reno, it's the third annual SOR fan party. We've got a bunch of special guests coming for you, a live show. You can take part in a ghost hunt, UFO Skywatch. Now, go to our website, spacedoutradio.com, to learn more. Here we go, everybody. Get those horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. You can We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find us on our website. All right, we got a power show of awesomeness tonight. We're going to get into UFOs, disclosure, so much more from the popular Disclosure Team podcast. Vinnie Adams will join us momentarily. Then in our number three, we have the UFO report. We have Steve Stockton, and we are going to round it out with major UFO news. Vinnie Adams is the host of Disclosure Team Podcast, and he's also a member of UAP Media UK. Now, this is a show I've wanted to do for a while, because for the last number of years, Vinnie and a lot of his good friends 
from overseas, good Commonwealth guys, okay? They have been putting together great work when it comes to everything to do with UFO and UAP news. To get him on the show, well, we had to wake him up early because it is an eight-hour time difference from where I am to where Vinny is, and we're glad to finally do this. He's wanted to do this for a while. I have wanted to do this for a while. And you know what? When you get two bright minds like that, one brighter than others, because I'm way too too Canadian for that, and it's it's wintertime. It's like dark out at like 4 o'clock now. Well, it's going to produce a great show for you. Vinny is also a member of the Phenomenology Group, studying the mysterious lights occurring in Colombia. He has also produced some of the most interesting UFO interview content and has been involved in many disclosure initiatives, both in the U.K., and overseas here in the United States and Canada. Vinny Adams, it's been a while. We're finally going to do this, my man. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. It's so surreal hearing the uh, that very popular theme tune of yours and then being like actually on finally, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. I have to admit, I don't know I don't know why, man. I am actually awesomely nervous for this show tonight because I mean I've wanted to do this for a long time and, and we're finally here and I, I I'm just a little too geeked up for this one, man. Way too <laughs> geeked up for this one. But you know what? Thank you for coming on. And and you know, the one thing that doesn't matter whether like I'm in Canada, the majority of our listeners are in the United States, you're over in the United Kingdom, but the one thing that we all have in common is a true love for for this subject of UFOs and UAPs. And, you know, whether you're a UAP guy or whether you're a UFO guy, it really doesn't matter. It's about getting to the heart of the subject of why we are all here. How did you get involved with this? What caught your attention? That's a really good question. I mean, I think I'm like a lot of people. I was born in the late 70s, and then we had a plethora of really good UFO and kind of alien movies come out of Hollywood into the early 80s, and that caught my attention at a really young age. But I think it was more sort of 2008, 9, 10 kind of time. I started watching a lot of documentaries and a lot of kind of lectures as well. There was a Richard Dolan and a few people used to come over to the UK to some exopolitics conferences, and I just catch them online, and, and it just really just left me wanting more. And we just at that time had a big plethora of UK UFO files released from the Ministry of Defense. And so I was spending many a late night sat in front of my computer, just going through them, just trying to see if I could put any kind of puzzle pieces together. And, and you know, that was, what, 13 years ago, and I've been doing it ever since. Uh, and so here we are today after a, a lot of late nights. You know what? And late nights it is because this is one subject that when you fall in love with it, whether you're an experiencer or you're just a super fan of the possibility, it's addicting. You know, Twitter is addicting. The stories are addicting. You're trying to move as much information as possible to get people around. How have you noticed the change in the game in the 13 years from when you started researching heavily to where we are today? Because the game has changed so much. It has, yeah. I suppose there are kind of different ways that I've looked at it over the years. You know, I've always tried to look at this as a global phenomenon. So looking at the UK documents, but also going further afield, Brazil, France, Australia, and always trying to see if there's any kind of correlation or similarities between different cases and sightings. And But obviously, the focus has always really been there in the US, you know, that's, you know, there's no doubt about that. And so keeping my eye on the way the subject progressed pre-2017, 
you know, there were times where it, it really was frustrating because it just felt like it was just going on a, on a flat level. Nothing was progressing, even though we had such great researchers doing a lot of good work. You know, Stanton Friedman was still with us. And, you know, it, it was it was really kind of it kept me going. But I think it was obviously 2017 hit when I felt like there was that sea change and it maybe started to feel like we were on a, an upward trajectory. And that's when I really ramped up my research and and sort of became I came public in, in like 2020, kind of putting my myself out there. And I see the main change being at 2017, like it, it needed that kind of big jump or that big push to kind of reignite the sort of flame, as it were. Are you a UFO guy or are you a UAP guy? It's a great question, and I know that's a point of contention here on that show. Do you know what? I'm actually both, and the reason why is because, you know, UAP was used as far back as, the, I think the earliest I found was 1949, um, and so it has been used almost as much as UFO. I did kind of switch over to UAP when discussing the subject, especially here in the UK, because the stigma around UFO is so dense that even to be able to have the conversation with anyone, I felt that using UAP did kind of allow me to get a little bit further in those conversations. Whereas now I go sort of back and forth between maybe depending on the cases, I think anything post Nimitz, I tend to go UAP, but I, I can't really use UAP when I'm talking about like Socorro, New Mexico, let's say 1964. That's a UFO case, you know? So it does sort of flip and change. See, for me, where it changed for me was I never, I just, the the UAP term just never rolled off the tongue right. You know, it, it never tasted like a nice fine steak would. You know what I'm saying? And and so that just kind of bothered me. But where I really changed my attitude towards it was back in February when the drones started coming around and the balloons. And the more I heard all of these generals and these these people out of Washington, D.C. talk about it, and even our government up here in Canada, when they would talk about it, this is where I really learned the difference, in my opinion, between a UFO and a UAP. Because everything seemed to be more slanted that a UAP was a man-made object rather than a UFO, which is still unidentified. So that's kind of, you know, some people may say, hey, you're pulling you're pulling the horse hairs out of a tail or something along those lines. But that's where I kind of drew the line on it, where it was like, no, I, I'm a UFO guy. It's not just because I can't stand the term, but there's a difference. And I think more and more we're starting to see that difference really separate again. Yeah, it's, yeah, this is why I can I can see it from so many different points of view. Like that makes perfect sense. But then I think about, you know, when you look at the flying part, you know, if these things are utilizing some kind of gravity, anti-gravity technology, then they're not typically flying. So there's that argument as well. And, you know, this is why I try not to spend too much time worrying about it. I always say to people, look, use whichever term you feel comfortable with. Just be sure that you're having this conversation. Uh, and I think that's kind of where my focus kind of shifts to rather than because I could go back and forth all day thinking about the right and wrong reasons to say either. Oh, true enough. True. Very true enough. You know, my friend, have you ever had an experience? I, I've never heard you really talk about, you know, things that you've seen over the years. It's funny because I've, I've always seen things in the sky, um, but been very quick to kind of pull out my phone, pull up the star apps, the satellite trackers and everything like that. And every single time I've been able to put a prosaic explanation to it. So the only strange experiences I have had is in Colombia, because we've been out there for two years now, um, 2022 and earlier this year, looking at this mysterious light phenomena, very similar to the Hestalen, um case from, you know, 
predominantly the 1980s, but obviously ongoing to some degree. And we actually witnessed this strange plasma orbs on this mountain that have been reported as far back as the 1600s. And so that's the only anomalous experience I have. And with our ongoing research, I still am leaning towards it having some kind of Earth-based explanation, but still on some anomalous kind of vibe as well. Right. So for you, would you want that experience? I mean, I, I know you've kind of come from more the nuts and bolts of news, the governmental side of everything. But deep down, does Vinny Adams really want to say, I, I witnessed a UFO landing or I, I walked up on a craft or I flew the craft or whatever? Is, is that still the dream? It is. It is. And I say that honestly, because, you know, after speaking with so many people on the podcast and, and many who have had negative experiences, you think it would be enough to make me cautious about it. But at the same time, I just can't deny the fact that, yes, I want to see something, you know, that's, you know, when it's that clear in the sky that there's no doubting what it is, I want that sighting. So f would, would, let's say it happened. Let's go hypothetical here for a second, because the beautiful time about a long form interview is we got time to get into this. You know, for you, if you had that experience, let's say you're you're walking through a park, you're, you're on a hike through a park and just, you know, it's a beautiful sunny day in a, say, next July. And all of a sudden you, you look to your left and there is a craft on the ground. Have you had, thought about that scenario, what you would do, what you wouldn't do? Would you crap your pants? Would you run up to it? Would you give it a hug, say, take me to your leader? What, what's what's Vinnie Adams' hypothetical story there? I like to think I would be able to just straightaway pull out my phone and capture that or, you know, all-important video or photographic evidence. Let's say that I'm able to, great. I would, the first people I would, I wouldn't go up to it. I certainly wouldn't. Unless it was in the distance and I'd want to get a bit closer. But I certainly wouldn't go right up to it. Um, I think that would be, yeah, too scary. So once I'd obviously seen it for a good amount of time, I think the first people I would speak to would be my colleagues and friends at UAP Media UK. I wouldn't jump and run to Twitter or Instagram and start, like, going crazy. I've seen a UFO. I've seen it. I'd, I'd try and be logical about it, about how to approach it. Um, but, yeah, my colleagues at UAP Media UK, I would trust them to to trust me you know i've seen something um and if i have the photos they can look at them if i don't manage to capture it for whatever reason then you know i'd still go to them in confidence and say i i just saw something on the ground really close there's no doubt of what it was you know that's kind of the first starting point and then i would obviously ask for advice on what to do from there because you know i wouldn't want to make any mistakes with that kind of you know certainly an important sighting or moment in my life let me tell you from experience, it, uh, the first time it happens, you wish for it to happen again. The second time it happens, it's over too quickly before you can think about what to do. Yeah. Believe you me <laughs> on that one. You know, Vinnie Adams is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio from Disclosure Team over in the UK. You can always catch his podcast on any major podcast network. Vinny, the love you have for this this subject, you have, you know... You're passionate. You are somebody who who absolutely lives, breathes UFOs, and and I think it's it's wonderful. You know, and I don't mean this as a kiss ass question or anything. You know, because I'm not really that type of guy. But 
I'm I'm curious for for our fans' sake and our listeners' sake, knowing how how rough the UFO community has been, especially in the last couple of years. How have you been kind of able to stay quiet? You 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 don't cause a lot of controversy. You don't get into a lot of the into the baiting that goes on, especially on Twitter, that that seems to be a, a a UFC ring at the best of times. You know, how do you stay? How do you stay straight? How do you, how are you able to stay focused through everything? I mean, it's pretty clear when you do witness this kind of ongoing drama that you see on social media that there's never any kind of resolution to it, and it's almost just a waste of time because you know. It just is. I'm not here to try and convince anybody of anything. I'm here to do my work, put it out there. If people resonate with it, then great. If they don't, then they don't. I'm sure they'll go elsewhere to to kind of find what they want to find. Um, I'm too busy as well. I'm literally too busy to get into a tit for tat with someone online because at the end of the day, like a lot of people say, no one really knows the all the answers. So I'm just here just trying to do my best to push this subject forward. I'm an eternal optimist. I always believe that we will get some sort of answer in the future. Now, whether that answer turns out to be that UFOs are nothing to do with extraterrestrials or anything, then at least we got we got there. You know what I mean? So I will just keep going uh, and just stay on the right path. Uh, I've got so many good people around me to help me with that. No, I think that's wonderful. and But it is tough. I don't think the people in the audience listening understand how tough it is because you see one of your friends getting picked on or you see, you know, somebody who is just spreading absolute gar- trash about people that you may know or you've talked to personally. I mean, how hard is it to stay out of the fight? Because, you know, there are a lot of times I know where I'm just biting my tongue, just wanting to get on there, but... You know, you have to think of the betterment of your show and the community and and what's best for it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. There are times, you know, I've had people say horrible things about me that simply aren't true. But sometimes it's just, is it them projecting? Is it something that they're concerned about themselves? I don't know, but it's tough. It really is, you know. I do, I do think about it i think should i say more should i defend myself but then i think it's the same old thing don't feed the trolls they want that reaction you know if people people think i'm grifting let's say people say oh he's just a grifter i mean i can tell everyone the sacrifices i've made to be in this position are are, are big you know i've taken a huge pay cut from my previous professional work to to kind of do what i do and i made that decision because i love this subject and i want to do what i can i don't want to be an armchair researcher i don't want to just sit back and demand answers from other people i want to be putting in the work myself and then i you know i can at least say i tried to do something so yeah i mean it's hard man it really is you know Okay, so in one of those controversies, this is where you and I are kind of at polar ends of the opposite uh, of the same stick. You're more nuts and bolts. I'm more woo, as you know. But, I mean, where do you stand on it? Because there is a blend of both. We just haven't been able to find the the middle of where they join yet. So where do you stand on, you know, you got the scientists and the military all about the technology where there's people like me wearing the tinfoil on the other side saying, hey, we got to get them aliens. Give me some aliens here, man. Where do you stand on that? It's funny because in the past, even the past three years, my I, I say about three years ago, I sort of said to myself and a few friends, I said, I know there is a connection here between the two. There is a definite connection. I just can't find my in on that connection. I, I'm struggling with it. But 
luckily I have started to kind of pull them the two together. Um, and I think that's helped through just doing interviews with so many different people and trying to open my own, my own eyes up to the, this, this phenomena. It, it isn't like what I originally probably thought that it's a nuts and bolts craft. These, these UFOs that there's something completely bigger to this. That's probably even hard to comprehend from a human perspective. We, anthropomorphize these things too much and try and think of them on a human level but i think there's something playing out here that that is so interconnected between the woo as you may call it and consciousness and all of these things you know this is why i think people say they see beings of light and not just physical entities i think it's all interconnected and and so i'm way more open to that now um and yeah, I mean, I secretly watch all the podcasts that go into all the woo and that, and I'm, I'm you know, lurking in the background, trying to kind of just learn more. <laughs> Are you afraid to go too woo? No, I'm not. I just don't want to like, I'm not ready to be that confident <laughs> in public. <laughs> you, you know what? I, I will say this. If if I wasn't an experiencer of my own, I probably would be with you on that. That That is for sure. You know, but it is a tight line because, you know, there are a lot of charlatans out there who are hoping for their 15 minutes of fame, a la Travis Walton or, or you know, the late Calvin Parker or looking forward towards, you know, Chris Bledsoe. There are people out there that want that. They want that attention. They, you know, uh, you, there's been a number of them over the years in ufology who've tried to, you know, take advantage of the situation that is at hand because, you know, in the end, you're playing on the woo side with more emotion than you are physics, chemistry, or anything to do with nuts and bolts. And I can understand where you're coming from too. Like, how did they get here? Where where did they come from? How, how do they have technology far more advanced than ours? Is it ours? Is it not? I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful blend that we have to try and stop the argument with, you know, and, and I think we're getting there slowly but surely. But for you, you know, as you look into the subject and kind of try and find that balance point, there is a rationality that goes along with this. And I've heard from the background, I'm sure you have too, that right now it's not about the aliens because they don't think that the public is ready for aliens outside of David Grush's uh, comments. That we so I just got the State Farm personal price plan on my car insurance. So you told your agent you play the bagpipes for your dog? What? No, I didn't get that personal. My agent just helped me create an affordable price just for me. Okay, let me show you what I've been working on. Hey, Buster! Contact local agent E.G. Warren Jr. in Gulfport today. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday could get into a little bit later but just your thoughts on that yeah it's it's difficult i mean one thing i will say and just almost following on from what you said before with the nuts and bolts and the woo is that i I, my focus is like you said been so much more on the military side of things the government and that that i think it 
I felt in the last few months that the experiences, it's their time to talk. And I think that we need to hear from more of that side. And I've been interviewing a few more experiences in the last few days and planning some more. But And this thing about being ready, you know, it's it's a difficult conundrum for me because I always think I'm ready. I, I can't speak on behalf of 8 billion people. I can't speak on behalf of the phenomena, whatever it is, to say whether they think we're ready or not. It's it's a really messy situation when it comes to that kind of thing. So I don't know. I don't really know what to say on that. No, it's very tough subject to try and pace yourself on. And, you know, I, I'm excited about the next half hour. we got less than two minutes to go here before we have to go to break. But I want to get into a lot of this governmental side that you are very strong with and capable with. You have spent a lot of time over the last few years cultivating relationships on both sides of the Wu and the government military side. You know, How did you get yourself into that? 90-second answer I need here. I think, you know, putting out such kind of, um, let's say, fair work with UAP Media UK. We don't over-sensationalize anything. But I think we've we've kind of created a really good resource for people here in the UK. And, of course, that's caught the eyes of a lot of people in the US as well. Um, and, you know, with the podcast as well and, and my other colleagues and their work, we've just formulated some really good connections with some really important people uh, and those relationships have turned into friendships on on some scales as well so that's really helped us we have good advice from people behind the scenes as well in those situations Um, and I think that's it the collaborations and like you know this is a a global phenomena yes all eyes are on the US but it doesn't mean that people from other countries can't help in some way I wish I could do it all here in the UK and be focused on the UK government all the time but I can't they're not talking well, that is, that's exactly it. I mean, nobody's talking right now. It seems like the microphones have gone silent from the governmental side of everything, and we're all just waiting. I mean, we hear 2024 is supposed to be the year that starts to crack open again, and we will get into that with you, by the way, because I think that's an important part of the conversation to move it forward. And, Vinny, I, I hate to do this, but we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour, and I... I I can't believe half an hour is done already. Hard no. hard to believe. That is flown on by. We're going to continue it here on Spaced Out Radio from the Disclosure Team podcast over in the beautiful United Kingdom. Vinny Adams is here tonight on the big show as we try and break down what is being hidden in Washington, D.C. and around the world. It's a big subject. Very few will actually affect every single person on this planet. UFOs and potential ET life is definitely one of them. Spaced Out Radio continues with our second half hour right after this. Stay tuned. Hot damn, that was fast. That was. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, you got a bunch of listeners uh, for, that follow you in here, so I just want to kind of break them down. This may be their first time listening to us. Uh, we are a hybrid of a live radio show combined with a live podcast and a live YouTube channel. So we have to time everything out to our radio stations that cover our show. So if you don't mind, you get to kind of hear the behind the scenes of what we're talking about. Well, the radio people don't because they're listening on the radio and you're not. So just wanted to let you know if you're wondering, like, what the hell are they taking a break for? (laughs) What kind of YouTube channel is? Dude, I get it all the time. You know, but... You just bite the tongue, bite the tongue. So just letting everybody know that this is on purpose, you know. Thank you, Laura. 
I haven't uh, interviewed a good Brit in a long time, man, because I forgot how stoic and how even keel you guys are. <laughs> yeah, stuck in our old ways. Yes, yes. But that's good, though. That's good, though. I think it brings a modicum of, of rationality to it. You know, I, I really do believe it does. Uh, all right. Uh, Cherry Pepsi Mike wants to know if you're wearing a Yankees hat or not. I'm not. I'm wearing Atlanta Braves. Mm. Mm. I will say I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of any particular team. I just have a multitude of hats. I'm a hat guy. So one second know. here. <laughs> I'm only doing this because Cherry Pepsi Mike knows I'm a Yankee fan, but I also know where he's from. Here you go, All Cherry right, Pepsi okay. Mike. <laughs> What's right up, there. Pittsburgh Pirates? Is right it? there. <laughs> Look at this. It's like a, somebody sent me like a child small hat, and like <laughs> my head barely fits in a in an adult hat. It's so bloody large. Someone saying, "Vinny, show us your hair again. It's a mess, and it's yeah. That's why I wear hats a lot." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who else has jumped in here? Mary R., how you doing? Welcome. Yes, and DB Nobody, welcome back. Toe Tag, good to see you. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Oh, yes. Here's my favorite. This was uh, given to me. Uh, by Pixie Lara in the chat room. Uh, she made me a a nice little Canadian toque here of Sasquatch. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, I'm going to wear this tonight for you, Pixie Lara. Jeff Steve Garvey, he'll hit a home run for you. How you doing, buddy? Susan Alloway, nice to see you. Yeah, nice and warm. It's getting cold <laughs> here, man. It is getting cold here. What are you at right now? Um, uh, we do Celsius, not Fahrenheit. So Same here. Probably. Oh, okay, cool. We are at it's nine degrees at the moment. Oh, you're in a heat wave. <laughs> you're in a heat wave. Hold on. Right now, outside, it's zero, and snow is expected to fall. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Usually by now we have at least a foot to two feet of snow and haven't got a got anything yet. Yeah, but see, to me that's better because it's just gray and wet here. At least snow is white and pretty and you can play in it. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Yep. Yeah. The only problem is it cuts off uh, entry to my Sasquatch site. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the only problem. And then I got the other problem is the snow that falls, like once it starts to stick, it's here until April. Yeah. It doesn't move. It's like screw yeah, it's you. Only, it's only good for a few days, then it's just a, a nightmare. Uh, not here, man. Come to my house. <laughs> you can have as many snowballs as you want. I will say this, though. You know what's really good? Is uh, fresh snow with fireball 
Believe what, it. the drink fireball? Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, wow. Fantastic. I don't know what it is about the snow, uh, but it tastes fantastic. Fireball <laughs> and snow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'll have to remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the ferret, how you doing? Yeah. Uh, well, you got to go up to uh, Mount Washington to get some good snow, the ferret. You should know that. But the southern island uh, is uh, terrible for snow. Ukrainian Anita, how are you? Here we go, everyone. Here's the second half hour. Second half hour, Space Out Radio is now underway. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dave Scott, the host with the most tinfoil wrapped around, but you'll never see it because I'm always clothed. want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. From the popular UFO podcast disclosure team, host Vinny Adams is up early in the UK, joining us to talk everything UFOs and UAP. Vinny, thank you so much for being here, man. What a great show so far. Oh, it's been good. It goes too quick, man, but yeah, it's my pleasure. I want to get into the government side here because everybody knows that, you know, there's a cover-up going on, that the NASA's lying, that they can't figure out who's going to run Arrow, let alone try and find a new acronym for that, uh, whatever it is, that office. You know, then David Grush comes along. There's a lot going on right now in the last 10 months that has really turned the entire UFO world upside down. And now Sean Kirkpatrick stepping down. Is this a good thing for the Arrow program in getting rid of Dr. Kirkpatrick? Uh, I didn't have as much of a problem with him as a lot of people. He kind of did come in to kind of start the, the office off. There was a lot of uh, teething problems at first financially. There was the Title 10, Title 50 issues that he didn't have access to all the agencies and the information that he needed. So there was a lot of, lot of problems there. I do think it was time for him to move on. I think we could do better. And now that the office has moved out from OUSDI and is sitting under uh, the Deputy Secretary of Defense, Kathleen Hicks, I think we'll get more freedom for them to actually get some work done. But I think a lot will rest as well on what happens towards the end of the year with the, uh, the Schumer Amendment and also this uh, Disclosure Act as well. If, if that all gets implemented, then we're, we're, we're kicking on all cylinders in early 2024. Yeah, I, I, what is 2024? Let's get into that while we're here because I've talked to insiders who are saying, I can't say anything, but 2024 is going to be a banner year, a golden year, a year of history in the making. And yet I'm sitting here thinking, how? You know, not not to be rude, but okay, I've heard this before. I was supposed to be excited about 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. I was not excited about. And then here comes 2024 and 2025 where we're supposed to get hyped up, right? I think right through 2030 now, you know, and by then, well, if the the globalists have their way, we won't have any more gas powered cars anymore. But nonetheless, 
Where's these UFOs coming from? What is the story? What should excite us about 2024? Well, me, me coming into every year, like you say, I'm that eternal optimist that I mentioned earlier. I always like I stay positive. Uh, I think we're running on a, a few different avenues at the moment. Like I just mentioned, the, the kind of National Defense Authorization Act language is looking good. But we also, and I know people are frustrated with David Grush and how that story hasn't really progressed much since June, since when it broke. But with these, I believe there's 50 plus witnesses come forward by, behind the scenes now, some in the legacy programs. That is an avenue worth keeping an eye on because we may just well get some of them coming forward publicly in 2024, as well as David Grush as promising more information from him as well. Now, I don't know how that's going to happen because, you know, he obviously approached Dopsa before he came out with all the stuff that he spoke about at the start of June. There's that. There's the amendment. Uh, there's a lot of people doing good work in this subject as well. You know, there are always good researchers and someone can just find that little tidbit of information that really helps us as well. Um, I think researchers are kind of been pushed to the back burner a bit while we always have this reliance on whistleblowers and people coming forward. A lot of good work is still being done on a lot of cases, some historic as well. So I kind of just keep looking in multiple directions and keeping my eye on everything. But I think, yeah, 2024 has the potential to be a good year we'll see all right what would make it a good year for you if you could draw up exactly what you wanted to see happen in 2024 look we know we're not going to get aliens we know we're not going to get a craft and we are still more on a confirmation run than an actual disclosure run what would make your year next year my year would be more whistleblowers to confirm or back up what David Grush is saying. That would be ideal. I mean, we haven't just got one voice to sort of uh, to rely on. I think more, you know, two or three together certainly paints a, a better picture uh, for what the actual truth might be about crash retrievals and legacy programs. That would be great for me personally, because I'm so uh, focused on the government a lot. I think having the Schumer Amendment pass and the Disclosure Act put into play, having this nine person group sitting under the executive branch would be a, a huge statement in itself before they've even done any work. I think, you know, to have that put in place i think would be a good start now then we would have to see some uh, proof from the pudding let's say about whether they actually do what they're sort of mandated to do but again it would be a start that i would like to see i know a lot of other people in this community would probably have completely different answers to that question but that's my take there's two things i want to see number one i want to and we'll get into both of these number one i want to see david grush get his his day of of, of happiness Okay, with more people supporting what he said. I think he has, is, and you know, I know there's a lot of um, people against him and against his word thinking that he's grifting the topic, but I, I believe the man. And from people I have talked to on the inside, they'll tell you that there's, no, there's nobody more honest than this guy who wants to get the truth out there. I mean, the bombs that he has dropped, I mean, we, we've been waiting for those bombs to drop. Now we just need the evidence that goes along with it. I hope that there are more witnesses that aren't afraid to take on the government the way he did because the government could be a very scary thing. So let's talk about that first and foremost. I mean, if you're a whistleblower, why go public like Grush when you saw what happened to him and the way he and his family had been attacked in the media and from other government officials and agencies? Yeah, you've got to be tough in this. In this, you've got to have you know a, 
a bit of backbone and uh, you know we use the term whistleblower in this respect slightly different than the i think we see like snowden and them kind of whistleblowers david grush is a whistleblower because he's followed the whistleblower um amendments the 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 law that's set out in the nda relating to the uap it's not your your typical whistleblower because people say well how is he a whistleblower he's not really brought any information or evidence forwards he's just saying things so i get that i just want to clarify that you know he is still a whistleblower but in only when it comes to the language in the ndaa we do we do need more coming forward and and i think some people are probably going to be hesitant to step forward because of what they've seen happening with grush but grush is Grush is tough. I've had the pleasure of speaking to Grush uh, on the phone, uh, you know, and he's he's in it. He's in it because he's following the procedures. He's got the um, uh, the ongoing investigations with the ICIG, uh, and he's seeing this right through to the end. But let's just hope that people will kind of jump on board with him and you know take a bit of the pressure off. Yeah, what's it like talking to the man? I have heard that he, from people who know him and have chatted with him frequently, that he's just a nice guy. He, you know, like you wouldn't expect him. You, you, you don't get that chip on the shoulder. He, he doesn't have that 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 Lou Elizondo toughness that Lou portrays. You know, every time he does an interview. But what's it like chatting with him? Uh, it's really good. He's he's a super nice guy. It's funny you said Lou there because it was it was myself, Lou Elizondo, Graham Rendell, and Chris Sharp were having dinner in London, uh, and Lou just said, "Oh, let's call Dave Grush." And so we kind of put him on speakerphone and all had a chance to kind of talk with him. And he was just super nice. And he just reiterated that he's in this for the long run. He appreciates all the words of support from people out there on social media and and, and the people that have been lucky enough to actually speak to him. He's really it really pumps him up for it. Right, and I could see that. I could, I could uh, totally see that. You know, I still think, though, and I'm sure you're in the same boat because you've got I kind of pre-mentioned it. We're still two to three whistleblowers away from actually confirming everything that Grush has said up to this point. But there is a fact too that at some point, you know, many in the UFO community are tired of words. They're tired of hearsay. They're tired of anecdotal evidence. I don't see that evidence coming out. It's too important to the United States government. How do we find that blend of the fact that here we have these very important people coming out telling us about this, but they just can't go to News Nation or or Disclosure Team or Spaced Out Radio and say, by the way, here's the photographs, here's where the bases are located, here's where the alien bodies are. They just can't do that. It's tough. It's really tough because everyone wants to see it. I want to see it just as much as everyone that gets super frustrated on Twitter or wherever. But what I find is when those frustrations start to creep in, I'll disappear into some research I'm doing on a case historically maybe, shift my focus, you know, because... I'm not just going to sit back and wait, wait for that information. That's when the frustration really kicks in. And I get it that not everyone can just turn off and switch off or do something else. But that's what keeps me going, you know, uh, having the conversations with as many people as I can privately. Sometimes you are able to have conversations which, you know, you can't have publicly, let's say. Um, so there's many different things. But I try and keep my balance and keep that that. um that focus on the subject, but then, like, like I said, break away from that that UFO government aspect and, and go somewhere else and dip back in every now and again and just try and balance things off just so I don't, don't drive myself crazy. Have you talked to whistleblowers that haven't gone public yet? 
because of, um, because of what Grush has gone through? No. Have you talked to other whistleblowers? And I not who not who have worked on Crush Retrieval or Legacy programs. No. Okay, this leads to my second part that I would like to see in twenty twenty four. I think people like David Grush, Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon, I think that they are getting a rough ride with the evidence right now because there is no evidence as far as the public is concerned. We don't know what's been handed to Congress. We don't know what photographs, videos, or other uh, important pieces of paper have crossed their desk. Yet we have, whether it's Congressperson Luna, whether it's Congressman, um, whether it's Congress, Congressman Tim Burchett and others, we keep hearing the word transparency. And I think that word transparency is really killing and dividing the UFO subject at hand because you have people that are putting their reputations and their knowledge on the line publicly getting some, in some cases, like we just mentioned with David Grush, absolutely brutalized online, and yet nobody is sticking up for them, and yet they have the nerve to use the word, we got to be transparent about this subject. Like, We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Make your holidays magical with Kinder Joy, the unique chocolatey treat plus toy. One half of its iconic egg shape contains layers of sweet creams with crispy wafer bites. The other half has a fun holiday toy designed to spark a child's imagination. Kinder Joy makes the perfect stocking stuffers and great gifts for kids. So open a world of surprise this holiday season. Pick up Kinder Joy at your favorite retailer today. How much of a BS line is that? It does. It gets banded about way too much. I mean, the focus needs to be on getting all the pieces of the puzzle set in place to be able to do the investigations, to do the work. Congress need to be in the right place. They need to be in the skiffs having these meetings. Not all this political nonsense that keeps, you know, you haven't got the clearance for this or we need to, to shut down the government for a week or two or whatever whatever happens it, it needs to play out the procedures need to be in place and we have to remember from grush's point of view with his ongoing inspector general investigation he he's his hands are tied to some degree as well i mean i'm sure lou elizondo chris mellon and them have access or have seen videos and other evidence that might take the subject a bit more forward in the public eye but again, they are have their hands tied with uh, NDAs and things like that. And people say, you know, NDA, NDA, like who cares? This will change the world. Just drop it out there. I mean, it's very easy for people to say that when they're not in that position that that it's so serious. So uh, it's hard to say people need to be patient because we've been patient for 90 years. But unfortunately, there's only so much that can be done or expected of other people to be done. And this is, again, why I will go back to my research in other areas to to bide the time, you know, feel like I'm actually doing something rather than just sitting back and just 
demanding something of people that I know I'm not going to get. So where does that demand have to go then? Congress. Uh, I mean, this is why there's been a lot of activism pushes recently to actually contact your local representatives. You know, that's the very least that people can do if they really want to see something, because in numbers we have strength. It's that same old cliche. You know, let's make this put this on the desks of the people that actually have some power to a degree. And that's happening here in the UK. I dare say there's a lot of people pushing for it in Canada as well. You're very lucky in Canada. You have Larry Maguire being very vocal on this. We have nobody in our government. So we've got to keep putting the pressure on because the moment someone tries it and then after a few weeks they give up, nothing's going to happen. So pressure can come from the general public. Well, I'm going to be having words with my own member of of Parliament. And I know you you heard that interview I did with Larry McGuire, which is still the longest form interview he's done on the subject in the last couple of years. What pisses me off about my member of Parliament is he is the shadow uh, critic to the Ministry of Defense. And right before he got elected, he came into my daytime office and I said, what do you know about UFOs? And he was like, uh, not much. Uh, are, are, is this a serious question? I said, it's a dead serious question. You know, at that time, I was kind of keeping quiet that I was the guy who set up the conversation between Lou Elizondo and Larry McGuire and that entire meetup. And it, it was kind of funny because he, he was like, well, you know, I said, look, you got my vote. Okay, I said, but you need to take this subject seriously, and I'm going to be calling you on it. He's never returned a call or an email from me yet. And so when when we go into election time, which should be hopefully soon, but could be as long as 2025, you know, when they do their public forums, I'm going to get them there. I'm going to get them. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to get them. Because <laughs> they usually do one of the, one of the uh, you know, sit down with the candidates around our area, right? So I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be like, hey, remember me, the idiot with the UFOs? You know, let's have a chat here. No, but seriously, getting to elections, more important election, is next year the United States goes to election in November. And I don't see UFOs being a real hot-button topic you know, I think it'll be touched on, but I don't see it going anywhere. The economy is too bad. You know, there's too many hot spots around the world. And, you know, just your thoughts on, on how uh, the U.S. election might be for the, any type of movement in the disclosure or confirmation of UFOs. Yeah, I think it's worrying to some degree that if we get to that time next year and we're still not really any further with any of the current kind of things that are happening with the grush thing and, and, and the uh, the new legislation actually doing some good. I think we're going to hit next November and we're going to just plateau and we're going to sit still for a few months in, until 2025. I think that's just being realistic. I'd like to think that the UFO subject could be picked up by one of these, you know, presidential candidates and talked about and they could be the disclosure president, but I'm not that, that's just not realistic in my eyes. So I think this is why, 2024 needs to kickstart really fast and we gain some real serious momentum so that by next November, you know, the train is not going to stop kind of thing. So we will see. I'm positively optimistic, but uh, I'm not afraid to be wrong at the same time. What would have to happen to make the UFO subject really uh, uh, in play when it comes to UFOs? I mean, look, there's I mean, there's a reality to this. I mean, we could... 
to us, it's the most important topic ever and probably in humanity. But the reality is there's people who, you know, more people than ever that are starving on the streets. There's more people ever that are unemployed. There's more people ever, you know, who are uh, are virtue signaling any type uh, like we do with UFOs. You know, I mean, there's a lot of hot button topics around there. How do you get UFOs back to the top, one of the top spots of importance? It's a very good question. You know, like you mentioned, some very sensitive and important you know, topics there, uh, you know, which, which affect people on a daily basis. And so I wouldn't expect that to go under the radar or be brushed aside just for UFOs. You know, I, I certainly wouldn't do that. I'm hoping that the UFO thing can run on its own path without disrupting any other kind of area of of interest or importance um what i'd like to see i'd like to you know we, we had the hearings with david grush and with the house subcommittee on the oversight committee i want to see hearings from the senate with the armed services committee and the intel committees get some real traction people from the gang of eight involved let's ramp it up to the next level where people are subpoenaed to speak under oath whether in a skiff privately but certainly some information for the public as well I mean, that really caused a buzz. It got a lot of people talking all around the world as well. And even if it doesn't give us any real big kind of smoking gun information at the end of it, the fact that these these conversations are happening everywhere around the world because of something like that is very important for me personally. I would drop my daughter off at school and people in the playground, mums would come up to me and go, I saw this in the newspaper about it and they're having the UFO conversation. I think that's going to take us a long way when it comes to reducing the stigma and killing it once and for all in the public domain. So, you know, so many things like that that I think are just as important as as everything else. Oh, true enough. But I mean, you know, I, I think this the UFO subject though, as we have about oh, just a couple minutes here to go before we gotta go to break at the top of the hour. I think it's it's one of those things, Vinny, where where we have a lot of people out there who are are I'm gonna use the term virtue signaling again in politics that they are taking this subject seriously, that they are taking it as seriously as we have prayed for for years, you know, and then we throw in, you know, a lot of these buzzwords that are in there, you know, like we're going to go for disclosure. And I, I, damn it, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I mean, how many times have we heard Tim Burchette talk tough and then fold right in the middle of a of a uh, conference, but then come right back in front of the camera say, damn it, we got to get our ways going here. I mean, are they just virtue signaling to the UFO crowd or do these guys and uh, and everybody actually care? That's a good question, and I can only really speculate on that. I think we've seen some some straight up honesty out of some of them. Maybe very little. I don't know. I mean, it's it's easy for me being outside of the U.S. I'm not involved in which party to vote for, and that, so I can almost be a neutral outsider. And uh, I think we have some genuine people wanting to get to the bottom of this, not necessarily just to please the UFO community or anything, but for genuine concerns on national security. We had some very bold questions being asked in the first hearing in front of Moultrie and Bray because it seems like there's a lot of incompetence when it comes to this subject as well being dealt with especially in the Department of Defense people like Moultrie and Bray should have had answers on Malmstrom they should be able to at least be aware of cases like that so there's a lot of disconnect and I know there's a lot of internal battles between Congress and the DOD on a multitude of subjects but I expect that the UFO subject is probably being taken seriously but of course we want way more of it and we want more representatives to step forward and throw their hat in in the ring you know no that's true 
that is very true. So how, how do we get there, though? I think that that is the big point because we as a UFO community have never been louder than we have in the last five years. It has caused people to take notice on the subject matter, you know, and the fact that it's made it to D.C. and into the mouths of the presidents, you know, whether it was Obama, whether it was Trump, whether it's it's Biden now, the fact is they have talked about it. But, I mean, if anybody thinks that there's actually going to be a president who is allowed to disclose, that's another one. Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult to say what we can do more of. I'll just – people can still – push their representatives at the moment i wish i had more answers and more positive kind of steps for people to take contact your representatives but don't just contact them once keep at them email them write them letters i think another thing that people could probably do with is let's let's stop all the harassment when we don't get our own way you know people harassing these people within the dod and kirkpatrick and doxing people like I mean, that, that that can't help us as a community look good in front of the people that can have the power to kind of help us with this subject. So even if it's baby steps, I think, you know, take those baby steps and it might lead to something further down the line. I, I fully agree. You know, and it's a matter of where it's going to go and wh- where does the subject matter go? What is next? Because if they don't act now and move forward on what David Grush has said about it, about this subject, then we're not going to move forward at all. And we'll get into that when we return on Spaced Out Radio for hour number two, because with Vinnie Adams from Disclosure Team, power show of UFO talk tonight, we are going to get into the pilots, the craft. Where are they? Do they really want to make it happen? Do they really want to bring any type of disclosure movement forward. We will be back on Spaced Out Radio right after this. All right, Vinny, I'm going to take a quick break here. Uh, I'm going to put you back in the green room. We'll be right back, okay? No worries. I'll take a break too. Yeah, we got about five minutes here. All right. Be right back, people.
All right, I am back. Weruna, how you doing? AZ Watts, how you doing, buddy? No, I do not have a new chair. No, no, I don't. All right. Bring Vinny back. Man, this is a lot of fun tonight, man. It's great. I love these. These are the kind of conversations I like to have in the pub. It feels like that kind of... Yeah, yeah. all we need is some good beer and uh, make make things really happen. And some Thanks. snowballs. No, fireball and snow. Dude, try it. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. You You will be thanking me for that. Fireball oh, and snow. That was good. Hey, I just want to say a big thank you tonight to Lara Times 2, uh, Rob, Michael, T-Bone, Benji, and Jennifer for the wonderful Super Chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do when we uh, when we broadcast each and every night for you. Also, to all our fans, shop at our website, spacedoutradio.com, and we will make things happen there because we got nice swag. We don't have ugly swag there. And everybody is invited everyone, including Vinny, if he wants to fly on over, to our third annual SOR fan party. It is not a conference. It is a party get-together. We're going to do a live show, have a VIP night where we get all of our favorite uh, guests that you hear on this show. We're going to we're gonna see them in Reno. They're all coming to hang out with you. And we got a live show. We got the VIP party, a live ghost tour, and a UFO Skywatch with Melinda Leslie. And then, of course, the Sunday, if you head home, you're heading home fun. And uh, we got VIP swag bags and everything to go along with it. Rooms at the Silver Legacy Casino Resort are on sale right now. So make sure you book in for that weekend. Here we go with hour two. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. And on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Ballistophobia. Ballistophobia is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Here we go. Vinny Adams from Disclosure Team Podcast is with us, and we are making it happen here on Spaced Out Radio, talking about everything UFO, and we're having a lot of fun tonight. Vinny, thank you so much for staying up late in the UK. It's early morning where you are and being with us for our audience here in North America. Nah, wouldn't miss it. No, that's great. That's great. Now, right before the break, we, we were talking about two things that I do not believe have been focused a lot on. People have talked about it. People have talked about it, but I don't think they focused on it. And that is when David Grush kind of came out and stated about the crashes that we have full intact craft pieces of craft, but more so the bodies 
this is something that I think is, I mean, the minute he said that, the entire world should have jumped on that news, but we didn't. What was your thoughts when that came out first and foremost? Yeah, that was a hot like you said it, it it was big you know the craft thing is is huge in itself but that's taken it to almost another step up isn't it when you're talking about the occupants because when when i think about occupants of these craft and i think about all the different uh experiences over the years who have talked about what they've seen and you know we're talking about such a a vast range of different types of being types of entity humanoids bugs and all these types so it begs the question are there actually like hundreds of different species of extraterrestrials out there or is this something completely different is this one type of uh, non-human intelligence that is projecting various different images into different people's psyche during these experiences and you know this is where i have to go kind of uber speculative because i just simply have no idea um, but I, I love this. I love going into that kind of thing. And it should be talked about more. I think a lot of people, when I've had this conversation, have said, look, let's figure out what these craft are first. Then we can go into asking the questions of who's in them, what do they want, why are they here, what's their intent, and all of that. But there's nothing wrong with kind of speculating about it at the same time. Well, I mean, we can speculate. and let, Let's go down that speculation road because when you... When- Zycam knows that when you live life to the fullest, you never want to let a cold slow you down. With Zycam's cold shortening products, you can actually shorten colds when taken at the first sign. And with the winter chill in the air, you need the number one cold shortening brand to help shorten a cold when taken at the first sign this season. Because you should never let a cold stop you from missing out on your favorite moments of the season. Click here to shop Zycam, the number one cold shortening brand. Make your holidays magical with Kinder Joy, the unique chocolatey treat plus toy. One half of its iconic egg shape contains layers of sweet creams with crispy wafer bites. The other half has a fun holiday toy designed to spark a child's imagination. Kinder Joy makes the perfect stocking stuffers and great gifts for kids. So open a world of surprise this holiday season. Pick up Kinder Joy at your favorite retailer today. he throws out words like that that's where there's no longer time for speculation it's time for what do you mean where are these projects where are they hiding who knows about these and i'm surprised that there hasn't been more pressure on trying to find out who has the bodies namely i my personal belief is they are out of the government's hands in some sort of of um private sector hand so that way they are void of any type of of FOIA request to find out where they are are you thinking along the same things as well absolutely I mean if these objects have been in the the aerospace private corporations hands for some time they're, they're not they're not in the white certainly but I don't even think they're in the black they're in a gray area that is buried so deep on a multi-level special access program that is so hard to find so compartmentalized the people that will be involved and working in it won't be on a hierarchy level. Uh, it'll be on a strict need to know. Half the people in there won't know what the other person's doing as well. It's so difficult to pin down. And I think that's why it's important that eminent domain is in this new language that we see that if that's passed, then the U.S. government certainly has the power to take control of this. The only problem is they've got to find it first. Um, and so there's a lot of difficulties in this, a lot of complications. Um 
I don't know how it's going to play out, but but it, but it's true. These things, if they are out there, they are in the possession of private entities and buried so deep. They are buried deep. Do you think the public has any understanding of how deep this subject is buried? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't want to say that the public doesn't know or can't comprehend it, but I, I just would say to everybody, think about how deep it is and then times it by another 10 or another 100 because it's so hard to find. There are very few people in, in positions of power who have even got close to it. You know, if you if you take into account the Wilson Davis memo and things like that, they got close. Will, uh, Admiral Wilson got close, got denied, even though he you know, he was in a position where you'd think that someone of his authority would have access to this. And it just goes to show that he didn't have a need to know just the way most presidents don't have a need to know. Really? Why do you think this subject is still on a need to know basis if everybody's talking about it aloud? I mean, I don't think it should be on a need-to-know basis. I think that we have a lot of old guard, what I'd call the old guard of the military and the military-industrial complex who have still got some kind of power over these projects. And I think that that's slightly slipping from their grasp, you know, with just through time and pure age of a lot of these people are probably, you know, dying off. And I think that's kind of helping it come to the surface a little bit. But we can either wait for all of these people to die and just wait for it to come out that way. Or we can just keep hoping that there are people in power who are actually, like we said earlier, are they serious, these people in Congress, in the Senate and everything? Are they serious about getting to the bottom of this? Can they find where it is? Is it outside of oversight? How far out of oversight? Is it in the Department of Energy? These are all, th- and, and, and how long has it been there? The At- Atomic Energy Commission post-World War II, did they have this kind of technology were they the what you know, these are the, all the questions that i'm con- constantly asking and uh, and don't have the answers to yeah we're all waiting for them we are all waiting for them and i don't know whether or not these are answers that we are ever going to get i mean if i were to ask you point blank why the secrecy what's the vinnie adams version of the secrecy why is it as tight as it is i think the the my initial answer would be we this world has been built so highly around the petrodollar economic system that i think the people in control of that would you know obviously lose their their power over this this planet you know everything revolves around that you know they don't want to lose their grip these these one percenters or whatever you want to call them i think that's where it comes from and then a lot of these political People have benefited from financial donations for for many, many years for their political parties, for their whatever it is. Uh, You know, they've been in the pockets of these people. I think that that all needs to change, you know. I don't know how it's going to change. See, the one thing that I see about it, and I could be completely wrong, is a lot of people out there will say, well, that's just a conspiracy theory about the one percenters. I mean, but you look at medicine. A healthy society is not a profitable society. And that gets into even more conspiracy about it. When I look at UFOs, I look at it a a little bit different. I'm curious your thoughts on this, okay, because I see it as this. I don't see it as the, you know, the zero point energy or anything like that. I think the United States government has so many secrets regarding this subject 
that if it did come out, the laws that have been broken, the people who are involved uh, could be arrested, tried, whether it's for treason or, or other things. Never mind the fact that we don't even know, my friend, that let's just say hypothetically that some of these woo theories are correct, that they, that they did trade humans for technology. What does that do? That Something like that could bring the government down. And they're trying to sway that from happening. That's what I think has happened. You know, and like I said, that's, that's pure tinfoil. I get that. But until it's proven wrong, we have to use that as a potential as well. Absolutely. Completely agree. And that's the thing we don't we just don't know. And so I think that every theory has to remain on the table until it's been proven that it can be taken off. And, you know, there's always that obvious one of maybe they just don't understand what they're dealing with, that admitting that they have it would be like admitting that they cannot protect their own people. It would be an embarrassment. You know, the national security reasons. We cannot control these things. We don't understand them. They can come in here and fly with impunity and all of that that stuff. And, and we just don't know anything. Uh, you know, it could be that. Uh, just a fear of embarrassment. It, is it embarrassment, though? Or is it the fact that the military-industrial complex has ruled for so long that as long as the Americans have their... Their their cold beer on a hot day, their their good music, their their great movies, their football, their baseball and basketball because they don't really recognize hockey down there like we do. Okay, <laughs> uh, but you look at it and you think, geez, if we keep the the dream of the of the house with a white picket fence going, they won't really ask any questions about what we're doing. And here's these these annoying UFO people like mosquitoes who just keep pushing the envelope yeah absolutely if they can get away with it then and they've been getting away with it for so long then why not continue that of course it's another possibility maybe they want to weaponize it and until that they have successfully weaponized it they won't say anything you know until they've got the monopoly on it and they can just the u.s can confirm themselves yet again as the biggest superpower on this planet maybe they won't say anything there until then again these are all very valid and potential reasons as to why I just don't know. I'm going to throw out some conspiracy theories out there just to see what you believe regarding this subject and to get your opinion on them. Do you believe the United States government, like many have said prior, is in touch with UFO and extraterrestrial species? No. No, I don't. There's not been enough evidence. I do like data. I I like more than just old wives tales which i feel that is kind of where we where we're at when it comes to treaties and things like that do you think that the united states government is controlling the ufo story around the world especially through the five eyes oh that's a that's a more difficult one maybe not controlling it around the world definitely controlling it within the five eyes alliance absolutely they they have the kind of lead on that and that's for sure because we know that these meetings are happening uh, yeah, I can say a bit more about that, but yeah, I don't think they're leading in the world there because there are other countries like Russia, Brazil, who, uh, you know, are big on this subject. And I do believe that they have more knowledge than they've spoken about as well. They could be easily be a disclosure country if they wanted to be. Out of everybody that you have talked to, 
do you feel that there are more experiencers in Washington that are pushing this subject than what the public may even know about? Yes. Define that a little bit more. I can't. Um, I've had a couple of conversations about that. I mean, I've I've had. Yeah, I can't really say much about that. Is that because you've been told things privately that people have seen? Yeah. I think it's not my place. It's not my place to bl- to break that kind of uh, that promise either. You know, as much as I, w- I wish I could. Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about there. But, um, okay, so let's continue on here with these uh, conspiracy theories that are out there. Okay, do you believe then that the United States government is in control of extraterrestrial craft? Craft, yes. Whether it's extraterrestrial, I wouldn't like to put that label on it. But craft, yes. And and when I say when you say control, I'm not necessarily convinced that they've successfully reverse engineered anything at all. But I believe that they're in possession. Okay. Do you think then that the United States government knows who's being taken? No, I don't think so. Maybe to some degree. I mean, it's a, it's a touchy. Zycam knows that when you live life to the fullest, you never want to let a cold slow you down. With Zycam's cold shortening products, you can actually shorten colds when taken at the first sign. And with the winter chill in the air, you need the number one cold shortening brand to help shorten a cold when taken at the first sign this season. Because you should never let a cold stop you from missing out on your favorite moments of the season. Click here to shop Zycam, the number one cold shortening brand. Make your holidays magical with Kinder Joy, the unique chocolatey treat plus toy. One half of its iconic egg shape contains layers of sweet creams with crispy wafer bites. The other half has a fun holiday toy designed to spark a child's imagination. Kinder Joy makes the perfect stocking stuffers and great gifts for kids. So open a world of surprise this holiday season. Pick up Kinder Joy at your favorite retailer today. subject you know if you think about military abductions and my lab cases then it would suggest that they they're aware of who's being taken because they're a part of it but i couldn't say for certain okay do you believe then that there are secret ufo bases in the united states no i don't okay perfect do you believe there's a secret space program no so you believe that all these black triangles that are being seen are of an anonymous source and not of any human technology? Um, if if some of them are human technology, then I would I would think that you you know you hear stories of them floating low and silent over you know you don't see them all shooting off at hyperspeed. Maybe there are. There is some headway being made in reverse engineering. I'm willing to be open to that. I'm not convinced that we have completely replicated the full capabilities of of these 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 objects to perform such you know crazy maneuvers. I don't think we're there yet, but I don't know. I'm just these are just my thoughts at the moment. It could change next week. What do you think is being hidden in places like Area 51? 
Uh, I don't necessarily think there's anything being hidden in Area 51 specifically. I think if there is secret technology being hidden, then it is like what David Gruff said. It is craft, multiple craft that have been collected over the years, over the decades, some potentially from archaeological digs. You know, if that story turns out to be true, it wouldn't surprise me. It does make sense that these things have potentially been here for millennia, uh, you know, if they're so advanced. I mean, I'd like that to be the case. Um, I don't know. Hmm. What question does Vinnie Adams have that maybe the public doesn't know? What What is something that that is on your bucket list of finding out about this phenomena? Oh, my goodness. That's a tough one. Very good question. I'd like to know who's known about this as much as the Americans. What other countries have been as as aware as what the U.S. knows? I want to know to what level. I want to know about especially the U.K. I know that they've been involved in this subject very deeply since the you know post-World War II. I want to know more. I want to know more. Okay, this one, this one is a little bit of a controversial conspiracy question that I have for you. And and I'll be honest with you, I actually want to know the answer to this one. <laughs> why why has many many of these involved American people within the UFO community really taken a liking towards the UK media such as yourself rather rather than many people in their own country i i don't i don't really i don't can't really speak on behalf of those individuals i think one say one thing i will say about the work that we do here at uap media is we just try and put out uh, as good information as we can without any kind of um, angle behind it like we're not trying to say this is that and that's not that we just try and put the information out as it's as we know it and let people decide mm. for themselves. And we put it out in a, a reasonably well-presented format. Um, no sensationalizing. Mm-hmm. There's too much of that here in the national press already. So we just try and put it out in, in a nice way, you know? There's a reason why I asked that. Because <laughs> I have talked to a number of people, both in the UK and in the US, about this, that it seems like every... And, and I mean this with all due respect, that every every big-name person in this field seems to have a Brit, what, we, what they call a Brit, with them. Have you heard that? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we get around. <laughs> so, but, but do you not find it a little bit ironic that that somebody such as yourself, okay, no offense, you're not a member of the mainstream media, you're, you're a mm-hmm. UFO guy, and here you are talking with big wigs with poll in Washington, D.C. about UFOs, and yet you can't, it, and it's not just you, Vidi. I've talked to numerous uh, British people about this and U.K. people about this, yet you can't get an insider in your own country. I find that, like, is is there a, a, I don't want to say is there a game being played or, or something being tested out here, you know, but I know the, the frustration you have and many others have that the, the, the UK government, the British government, is being extremely tight-lipped about this subject for whatever reason. 
They don't want to talk about it. They're like the United States Air Force. And even when it has come up in question period or other places or in the House of Lords, it gets shot down quite quickly, even though there are people out there who want to talk about this that are elected officials. So how does that affect what you do that you know more of the story of what's going on in the, in North America through the sources you've created, yet those same sources are damn near impossible to create within the UK government? Uh, I mean, there are sources over here. I mean, I don't like to put emphasis on anonymous sources. I know it frustrates a lot of people in the community, so I tend not to talk about it that much. But there are sources talking privately, not necessarily within the government, more so on the side of the Ministry of Defence. And and they're not talking a lot, but we know that these conversations are happening. There is interest in the UFO subject. Um, Yes, we'd like it to be more public, and that's what we're trying to push for. But you see, when we try and contact members of parliament, they direct us back to the Ministry of Defence. And when you go through the freedom of information request, you get the boilerplate responses that the UK government takes into uh, account all incursions into our airspace. We take it seriously, and it's literally copied and pasted every time. So it's nice that people are starting to talk privately. I think we'll see more of it in the coming years. And I say years because it's at that slow pace. Um, why they're talking to us and not the media. I think independent, non-biased podcasts seem to be the thing that people want to do and not trust the, the media anymore. I don't know. It's I don't know. I'm just glad people are talking to me. That's all I can say. No, and I can appreciate that as we got about a minute to go here before our break at the bottom of the hour. Not saying it out of jealousy or anything like that, <laughs> but, you know, because we do have a lot of the same sources, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, and I will admit, I believe you have a ton more sources than I do on this, you know, from from the angle that you go compared to the angle that I go. And, I th- and, and we need that. We totally need that. But is it tough for you being, you know, in the know when you know you have to play a game you've never played before? Like, hey, don't repeat this. Hey, don't talk about this. Because that's as a media member, I know what that's like. You're not a media member, but this is a game you're being forced to play. Yeah. I mean, it's really tough, to be honest. It is. It's hard. Um, I think people think that automatically think that you're withholding like vital evidence that can really make a difference to the if it was made public that's not the case it is more to sort of help us in the work that we're doing um push forward and do better to be able to get the information out to the public you know i'm not told things that are groundbreaking or real big revelations when it comes to the ufos themselves it's more just advice and help along the way um It's very difficult, but this is what I signed up for, and I'm willing to to see it through. Disclosure Team podcast host, Vinny Adams. We're going to go into the next hour. We're going to take some audience questions because I know they are building up in our YouTube chat. It's been a great show so far, one you're probably going to want to rewind. Spaced Out Radio's archives are always free. We continue right after this. Hi, Simon in Australia. How you doing? Dude, we're on a rock and roll effort here right now. I hope I didn't put you in an uncomfortable place there. Not at all. I'm happy to answer any question as best I can. Honestly, I don't mind at all. Man, even I've got a Brit. Okay, just so you know. (laughs) Just so you know. I I had to find a Brit, but I got one. You know? (laughs) She had a pub somewhere right now. 
Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. <laughs> I think, and I'll, to expand on that, I, I have a theory why. Because you guys know how to keep a secret. <laughs> Whereas many people over here are don't understand how to keep secrets anymore. And I believe that's why. That's I, I can see I can see why you think that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like a person, <laughs> no, but on, on a person's word really isn't as good as it used to be. Like all of us yeah. have our flaws, but when it comes to if if we use the term journalism or citizen journalism or or whatever you want to call it, I mean, you guys have you guys have have kept your mouth shut for a better for a better term of understanding whereas many people over here oh yeah 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 like i know one person feeds a couple of shows just because he knows it's going to get out right and he can tell those people absolutely anything and it's not going to slip out in the first two three weeks but after that it's going to slip yeah, you see, they only have these chances once, and I, I wouldn't burn a source for... Zycam knows that when you live life to the fullest, you never want to let a cold slow you down. With Zycam's cold shortening products, you can actually shorten colds when taken at the first sign. And with the winter chill in the air, you need the number one cold shortening brand to help shorten a cold when taken at the first sign this season. Because you should never let a cold stop you from missing out on your favorite moments of the season. Click here to shop Zycam, the number one cold shortening brand. Make your holidays magical with Kinder Joy, the unique chocolatey treat plus toy. One half of its iconic egg shape contains layers of sweet creams with crispy wafer bites. The other half has a fun holiday toy designed to spark a child's imagination. Kinder Joy makes the perfect stocking stuffers and great gifts for kids. So open a world of surprise this holiday season. Pick up Kinder Joy at your favorite retailer today. to make myself look special in any way on Twitter, for example. I mean, what's the point? You, you're not, you're going to lose access to sources, to information. It's just not worth it. Yeah. I, I want to talk sources with you, you as well, you know, coming up here. Okay. I, I don't know how much I can say about that. No, no, we're not, <laughs> we're not going to get into sources, but the importance of keeping sources. Yeah. Right. Because if you don't, you're dead, not dead physically, but you're, you're doomed to, to, I guess the UFO, I understand the UFO, we can get into it now. Uh, the, yeah. the, the UFO community doesn't really understand that if you out your source and I understand that, you know, they always call it, name names, name names, who, who are these sources? So I'm supposed to give up my line of information to satisfy 10 people or I can gratify hundreds of thousands by just keeping my lips shut. And that information continues to flow. That person or persons continue to take my call. What's more important, right? It's very, very simple. Yeah. 
And you do, that's it. You burn a source, you, that you're done. You're done in this subject for, at the very least. People won't trust you ever again. You're back to square one. Yeah. And that's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's hard because you want to say things. Mm-hmm. I've been told things that I want to say, you know, and like, like, for instance, I'll give you a prime example. Okay. I held on to the secret for two years about getting Elizondo and members of Canadian Parliament together. I said nothing. I knew nothing about what happened in that media media or that meeting. Still don't. None of my business. But the main thing is I set up the conversation. And I took that chance in order to get further information. Okay, because and Elizondo is actually the one that outed me on my show. You know, I there guess he go. felt it was safe enough to do that. So yeah. he made the call. I didn't. And I just sat there. Um, thanks. Right. <laughs> so, but I mean, the fact is, <clears throat> the fact is nobody knew. Nobody knew. And nobody was going to find out, right? Because I didn't want to step on those toes. And that's the thing as well. Releasing information before things have come to fruition can damage the process of what might actually be going on with that information that you're privy to. There have certainly been situations in the last couple of years for me whether that's been the case. 100%. We got 18 seconds. Thank you to our super chatters. T-Bone times two. Pixie Lara times two. Peter and Jennifer, Rob, Michael, and Benji for the super chats. And uh, we're going to get going here with the next half hour, everybody. the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Reminder to all of you that if you miss portions of this show or others, you can check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can listen to us on every major podcast network, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and so much more. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. We continue with Vinny Adams here from Disclosure Team Podcast, one of the best podcasts in the world regarding UFOs. We're glad to have him here for the first time. Vinny, thank you for joining us. Ah, pleasure, man. This is a great conversation. Really enjoying it. All right. Let's get to some audience questions here because they are building up. Got a couple from Eli here. Uh, Vinny, I know you're more nuts and bolts, but how have you adapted to the woo side, abductions, downloads, etc.? cetera? Um, just by diving in, having the conversations with friends in the community, 
followers in the community. I've got a, a lot of good colleagues here that, that follow me over on Instagram. We've got a, like a little community over there. And I simply ask questions out of curiosity. How do I find out more? And so it's just, you know, not being afraid to kind of start connecting the dots between the nuts and bolts and the woo. Uh, and it's going good. <laughs> you like it? You like that side Yeah, of I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I can get on board with it. You know, I what I what I needed to realize was that I could take it all on. I don't need to believe anything. I can kind of hold it at arm's arm's length and then I can focus on one aspect of it and maybe do a bit of research on that and see whether it takes me anywhere and if not, I can pull back out of that rabbit hole and go down another one and so I'm just taking my time but yeah, I'm seeing more and more um connection let's say you know once you go woo you can never go back right (laughs) i I, i'm gonna ask this question but i'm gonna change it a little bit because i think it's it's a relevant but irrelevant question this is a follow-up from eli asking are you religious but that that's irrelevant to the cause i'm gonna ask you this question i'm gonna reformat it and that would be what do you think current religion plays in the ufo story has it any pull yeah i'm starting to think more and more that the the religious kind of uh, connections to the ufo UFO subject might be bigger than i probably first thought when i entered this subject and was researching from a nuts and bolts perspective i think there may be some answers somewhere within religion whether it believe be things such as the vatican archives that they've been aware of this more than they've let on um I just think there is something there. And, you know, I've been looking at the religious aspect a lot more recently. I've been looking in the Bible, looking to see, you know, if there's any connections. I've spent a lot of time recently reading Diana Pasolka's work. I interviewed her a couple of weeks ago. So I went back over her old book, American Cosmic. I read a new book a couple of times. And so I'm in that kind of thing at the moment where I am thinking about religion a lot more. So it's certainly interesting. I think there's something to it. I think that that's one of the biggest issues that we have in the circle of life when it comes to UFOs is how is this going to affect the half of this population plus because whether we like it or not in the in western Europe or in North America the rest of the world is still extremely religious and you know whether whether it's catholics or whether it's muslims or whether it's buddhists or or christians or whoever they still have a lot of pull in government. And it's sad to say because I don't believe government and spirituality should mix. You know, but that's a personal that's a personal choice that I've made. But I mean I, I think when you have people who are still, you know, trying to say that everything that comes from space or or everything is out to kill us and this is the start of of uh, a revelation I think that's something to be worried about. I know from having that conversation around here with some of my friends who go to church here, you know, they don't like me talking about these subjects because I'm influencing devilish and demonic behavior. And I think it has a lot more pull in government and with politicians than what we actually think. Yeah, I think you're right there to to a certain point. I mean, again, going back to Diana Pasolka, when when I spoke to her, I sort of said, you know, what what would be, how would religion take it? And she said that they would be way more accepting. It wouldn't destroy religion or anything like that. The the overall big picture religions would be more accepting of of another species under God, let's say, 
Whereas I think if you think about your fundamentalists and your more kind of, uh, you know, the kind of, um, how do I say it in a nice way, the the extremist re- parts of religion might struggle with it. I, I don't know. It's, it's still very new to me, so I don't want to sort of speak out of turn about any particular religion or part of religion. But I think we'd be surprised at how much they actually accept it and actually have spoken about accepting it already, especially in Catholicism. And you look at the Vatican and the Pope that... They've actually talked about this before. Yeah, and and once again, we we don't say it as a, you know, and I'm saying this as a disclaimer. It's not to put down religion or people sure. who are religious. It's a it, it's it's a part of the topic because no matter what, the religion is going to be a part of disclosure. I yeah. mean. When you have, you know, same as the economy is going to be a part of disclosure. I remember, and my audience has heard me say this. I don't know if you've ever had this conversation with with Lou Elizondo, but I did, and I and I asked him point blank one day. I said, "Were you guys watching the way people were treating each other during COVID? Because that would be a good litmus test if aliens arrived." And he said, uh, "And he said, yes, we were. Did you have that conversation with him? I didn't, but it's definitely the kind of thing I can imagine he's and, still talking about. And he literally said, we were concerned with what we saw. You know, people ratting out people for not wearing masks, people ratting out people for going to work, people, you know, following people and and uh, the violence uh, uh, and the verbal violence that was starting with everything. There was great concern over that. And all of a sudden, if you turn the attention to something that's truly going to affect every single person on this planet, like a potential extraterrestrial contact, my God, how are people going to react? And there, And that was brought up in conversation. Yeah, I can believe that. Absolutely. These are serious thoughts to consider when thinking about disclosure. Absolutely. And I think that may play into the reason why people say we're getting some kind of drip disclosure at the moment, because you drop too much too quick, it's going to cause uproar in some degree. Chaos in parts. So I, I, I can see that. That makes sense. Absolutely. Let's go to Marty here. What part of the UK do you come from? I actually come from the Midlands, but I live in the north now. I've been here for 20 years in Sheffield. Wow. Favorite soccer team? Ooh. I don't I don't actually have one. I do follow soccer. I suppose in the city here we have two, Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday. I'm going to go with Sheffield United. Well, you know, everybody has an issue. <laughs> if, if you knew me, how much I love soccer. <laughs> love it. Yes. So yeah. who's your British team then? Premier League team. Uh, I don't, but I did actually work hockey schools with a with a uh, a coach, one of my coaching mentors back in the day, who was coaching in the British Professional League. Nice, yeah, and nice. Na- and now we have that uh, horrible incident over there a couple weeks ago where uh, the player passed away from taking a skate blade to the neck. Yeah, that was here in where I live in my yeah. city. Yeah. yeah. That that one hit home for me because back in my hometown in 1986, a an 18-year-old kid lost his life to that uh to that same type of incident. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. Not fun. All right, we're going to continue with audience questions otherwise we're going to turn this into a hockey conversation. <laughs> All right. Uh Super Crazy is asking, "Do you think Carl Nell 
is a firsthand witness? That's a really good question. Uh, I mean, he has the potential to be, doesn't he? I wouldn't like to say either way, but he certainly could be. I think if you're going to have that position, you need somebody who is a witness. Somebody who, they may not be an experiencer, okay, but they need to have witnessed something that can take the emotion out of the subject. And the only way you can do that is if it's like firefighters or paramedics or police officers, they've seen so much that, that they, they've built up an immunity to it. And I think in this position, if they're taking it seriously, it would be smart to bring out somebody who has either seen the craft, seen the bodies, uh, talk to eyewitnesses, not just military eyewitnesses, but witnesses who've had close encounters. I think it has to be that type of person. And if that's Carl Nell, maybe he'll tell us. Yeah, that's reasonable. Okay. Simon in Australia is asking, why, Vinny? Why the secrecy? These are huge questions. I think we kind of touched upon it earlier. There are so many potential reasons why. I mean, I'd love to get into the heads of these secret keepers and just try and understand it. I really would. You know, something that could really benefit the whole of humanity and help us get past this warmongering thing that we are. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, Simon. Love this question by Arrows Andy. Are you auditioning for a UK senior boy band? (laughs) God, oh, you man, got the looks drop, for it. He had to drop the senior in there, didn't you? You got the looks for it, my man. Uh, nah, those days are over. <laughs> uh, how? Okay, let's have some fun here. Let's have, in your UFO boy band, okay, you're you're the leader. You're you're the Justin Timberlake here, okay. Who are you adding? Is it UK and US or just anybody? UK? Anybody. Um. Oh, my goodness. Help me out, though. You can throw some names in okay. the hat as well, Dave. Okay. Just with the hair, Sean, yeah. K- Sean Cahill. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Sean on, on lead guitar. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think, uh, I think you got to add Chris Sharp yeah. because he's got the I was ba- going to say. He's got the baby face. Chris Sharp. Yeah. What else? What else do we need? Who else, who else is going to stand up there? Come on. We need two more. Two more. Hmm. There's nobody in Canada because half of us are missing teeth from hockey pucks. <laughs> right? Well, you could throw in Daniel Otis, maybe. No, too new. Too new. Ah, okay. Too new. Okay. And uh, let's see here. If I were to go go through. Oh, God. If we could mix it up a little bit, I think you got to throw Christina Gomez in there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Mix it up. Yeah, there you go. You can have Chrissy Newton as well. Then the Canadian kind of. Yeah, we could have Chrissy Newton in there as well. I think that's a. <laughs> I think that's a solid boy girl band right there. There you go. Uh, the power ballads are coming. Number one hits galore coming through. All right, let's continue on. Thanks for the fun there, by the way. Let's go to Simon again <laughs> in Australia. Vinny, do you think the solution is for humanity to bypass governments and contact ET themselves, CE5 style? Hey, look, if that's the direction that certain people would prefer, 
to go then absolutely i'm all for i'm all for everything for people trying to find their own way in this subject something what might be for one person might not be for the other that's and i think that's that's great if somebody gets something from ce5 and non-human you know human initiated contact sorry then then i'm all for it absolutely uh whether it can bring uh, about the actual disclosure i don't know but go out there do something feel like you're actually making some positive um contribution right okay let's continue on here let's go to jules here do you think cryptids other beings ghosts and ufos are all connected in some way very good question julie um i'm not going to say there's no way they could be because they could be but again i mean i don't know it there are certain things that would make sense that it all fits under one big phenomena i don't know that's a really good question. Really good. I think so too. I think so too. I, I do believe they are all connected. I, I've seen too much evidence of it from my own eyes uh, to not mm. believe that they're not connected. Okay, let's go to uh, Jules again. Follow up. What are your feelings about unhidden and UAP med type organizations? fantastic i'm actually on the board of trustees for unhidden so i'm absolutely 100 percent behind these organizations i'm i'm happy to be taking part in um and an organization that focuses on kind of mental health and and you know the the work that uap med have been doing when it comes to to this subject is is great it's a great way to kind of help the subjects and help people that have experienced things and uh, and make them feel part of something. I, I feel for a long time that experiences and experiences have been kind of pushed to the the sidelines for too long, and so I think they're fantastic, and, and it, it really helps. All right, I, I I like that answer. I do. I really like that answer. Continuing on here, let's go to Big J, who is asking, "What is your opinion on Rendlesham Forest?" That is one of the muddiest cases I've ever had to research. Um, there's so many things with Rendlesham. The differences in accounts from Jim Penniston, John Burroughs, that it doesn't always align. And I know they're, they've been at loggerheads over the years with each other. I think that a, a genuine craft landed at Rendlesham, that there was an anomalous object involved. That's as much as I, I, I can kind of say for, for my belief. I don't know much past that. Too many conflicting stories and accounts that have just gone on for too long over the decades since it happened in 1980 so it's one of them cases that i think will be an enigma for a long time if if not forever is there a story out there and we do have a lot more audience questions we may have to carry this over i know you're you're game for it if we have to is there a a story out there that that really hits home for you one that you know maybe the public doesn't know. Everybody knows Rendlesham. Everybody knows Roswell or Kecksburg. But have you ever heard of in, or been told an encounter that you're just like, there's no way this could be true? Um, I th- there's a case that jumps to mind that I think is a genuine UFO case that I think is very underrated and not spoken about. And, you know, the Rendlesham incident cases at RAF Bentwaters and Woodbridge, but there was another case at RAF Bentwaters back in 1956, which had 
pilot testimony, radar data of objects performing extreme maneuvers appearing in front and behind these jets that were up in the air. Uh, my colleague, Dr. David Clark, has interviewed those pilots. I think they've dece- they're deceased now, but 20 years ago, he has the, the tapes. And uh, you know, I've spoken with him privately about this. I think it's a fascinating case that has all of the data points that we cry out for these days yet it it doesn't get spoken about it was even part of project blue book as well it's one of the 700 cases that they could not explain wow wow fantastic okay let's continue on with some audience questions here and let's go to the gong show who is asking Vinny, what do you know about electrogravitics Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely not. Zycam knows that when you live life to the fullest, you never want to let a cold slow you down. With Zycam's cold shortening products, you can actually shorten colds when taken at the first sign. And with the winter chill in the air, you need the number one cold shortening brand to help shorten a cold when taken at the first sign this season. Because you should never let a cold stop you from missing out on your favorite moments of the season. Click here to shop Zycam, the number one cold shortening brand. Make your holidays magical with Kinder Joy, the unique chocolatey treat plus toy. One half of its iconic egg shape contains layers of sweet creams with crispy wafer bites. The other half has a fun holiday toy designed to spark a child's imagination. Kinder Joy makes the perfect stocking stuffers and great gifts for kids. So open a world of surprise this holiday season. Pick up Kinder Joy at your favorite retailer today. It's a buzzword about the potential propulsion systems of these craft, you know. I think, um, you know, I've had great conversations with people that may know more, Tim Ventura and and his organization, where they talk about this type of thing. Uh, That's the kind of places where I would direct people if they have questions about that sort of thing, about advanced propulsion. Unfortunately, I know nothing. (laughs) All right, let's continue on. Let's go to Robbie G. Do you feel there's a rift between the UK and US ufology scene? And what do you think is the best way to work together in order to have a global unified effort towards exposing the truth? Uh, I don't see any rift between the UK and the US scene, let's say. I think uh, I've been welcomed with open arms into the US ufology scene, as you call it. Um, I think the, the main rifts that I see occur between people from the same country who just have differences of opinion and they kind of take it beyond attacking the data and the evidence and they attack themselves i think the way that we can have this more global unified effort is for people to just be a little bit um, open to other ideas and uh, and just respect that not everyone's going to have the same opinion on whether it be individual cases or or the big picture of ufology i think just understanding that because no one has that conclusive answer that nobody knows so why should we fight about it because we're not going to get anywhere doing that we should put our focus in working together love it absolutely love it okay let's continue on here my friend because questions just keep on rolling on in let's go to marduk here how would it affect religion in if uh non-human intelligence turns out to be immortal what use is heaven or reincarnation if you literally never die? I mean, human beings would still be uh, mortal beings. We'd still want to go somewhere in the afterlife if, if it's real. You know, we'd want to still go to heaven and potentially be reincarnated. If a non-human intelligence is immortal, great. 
that I don't see us suddenly becoming immortal. You don't want to be immortal? The immortal mm. Vinny? <laughs> I suppose it's pros Come and cons. <laughs> Come on. Come uh, on. I just get so grumpy. Oh, three minutes to go here before we got to take a break. Super crazy is asking, do you think humanity was created by a non-human intelligence? Uh, there are things that point to that being highly potentially what has happened, that they have interfered in the, in the, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a tough one. It's possible that they, they had some, they helped us evolve into what we are now. Maybe, you know, they always say there's a missing link. Could that be it? Could it be, you know, influenced by non-human intelligence? Yeah. I'm, I'm open to the idea. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not. That's the thing. I'm, I'm not, just not I'm sure. I'm so not sure of that question. Follow up from Super Crazy. Do you think a world war will help or hinder the disclosure process? To be honest, I think it's probably more likely to hinder the disclosure process because everything that's happening, whether it be within government, all the focus is going to completely disappear from the UFO subject. Everyone's going to be so focused on war. And they, they kind of should be, you know, with the humanitarian side of things. I think they should be. So that's that's my yeah a hinder. Yeah, I I agree with you on that a hundred percent. I I think that the more we focus on the military industrial complex, which means wars, the less chance we have at, at at advancing. We really do. The technology may advance, the weaponry may advance, but the advancement of actually learning more about what we need to learn and what's important to humanity. Not going to happen. Let's see if we can sneak in one more. From the UK, Sweet Tony D is asking, there's been a government-proposed plan for disclosure ending in 2030. Do you think that people will disclose and make contact with NHI publicly before that? Your thoughts? Maybe, actually, maybe. I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to take this subject out of the hands of the government and shift the focus away from it. I think that would be great for the subject. Unfortunately, uh, I just don't know. Yeah. So I think that people would just, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to say. I can say yes because I want it to happen, but I don't know. It's tough. It's a great question, and it's worth bearing in mind, keeping that in mind as we kind of go forward. Well, I think we also have to decipher, too, that there's two different types of disclosure. There's personal disclosure. Like for me, as an experiencer, I know the phenomenon is real. I've seen sure. it. I've experienced it. I don't need disclosure. But for many others, including governments of the world, to announce that we are not alone in the universe, that is a huge step towards a lot of different doors that will immediately open. And it will push science to the brink of of shattering its own image because they're not going to know what to do that the tinfoil hatters were actually right and we made fun of them all these years. And that's <laughs> true, the truth of it. Very true. Vinny, I'm going to see if you want to stick around for another hour. I'm having too much fun here, man. I hope you are Yeah, I'm too. good. I'm good. Let's continue on here. And uh, if Courtney Marcassani is done traveling from Saul... We'll join in from her, get her to join in as well. Vinny Adams from Disclosure Tonight, or not Disclosure Tonight, Disclosure Team Podcast. 
I knew it was going to happen once tonight. I said that. <laughs> Spaced Out Radio continues with an hour three next. There we go. I'm going to take a quick break here. I'm going to try and get a hold yeah. of Courtney because I know the poor lady, she was just so tired. So tired. No yeah, I wish I was at uh, the soul thing too. I'm going to ask you about that after when we get back. We'll take more questions as mm. well. I'm going to put you in the uh, in the uh, rubber room here, and I'll be right back, okay? No problem. All right. Be right back, people.
Vinny back in. Dude, people are hanging on. They want this to continue. Excellent. I'm loving it. Here, I'm going to put... No offense, Pixie Lara, but this is really warm. (laughs) Put this one on here. It's my one I got at a gas station just outside of Area 51. Love it. Nice. Yeah. I'm not usually into buying gas station ball caps, but kind of fit the mode. (laughs) All right. My head's now dropped about five degrees, which is nice. (laughs) The snow hasn't started yet, so that's nice. I bet it comes down quick, though, when it does. It gets so beautiful. Yeah, and then... uh, then when I open up my front door, I'll have a pile of a, at least six to eight deer in front of my door waiting. Hey, do you have any food in there that we can eat? Wow. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I had the crap scared out of me uh, a couple of nights ago. I walked outside during the break and, you know, you get that feeling you're being watched. <laughs> yeah. and, and I... You know, and my eyes are blinded because I got my phone on, right? The brightness of my phone. And I I pick my head up and I look and I've got this this male buck deer standing about eight feet away from me. Oh, gosh. And he's just staring at me. And I'm staring at him. Like, oh, hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm like, <laughs> the, the cherry tree's over to the left about 40 feet. <laughs> you know, that's where you need to go. A big thank you tonight to Peter, T-Bone times two, Pixie Lara times two, Jennifer, Robert, Michael, and Benji for the super chats. Thank you to everybody who's given us a thumbs up. And if you're new and hit subscribe, we are here seven days a week for your listening ears. And don't forget, you can shop at our store and our website, spacedoutradio.com. We do not have ugly swag, people. So go get it today. Here we go with our three. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor here we go with the third and final hour of spaced out radio tonight my name is dave scott very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Ballistophobia. Ballistophobia is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Now, normally we go to Steve Stockton and Among the Missing, but this conversation is just 
way too hot right now. We got to continue it with Vinny Adams from Disclosure Team Podcast, one of the best podcasts in the world when it comes to everything UFO and UAP. Vinny, thank you for sticking around. I know uh, you're pretty uh, into the conversation, so we're going to run with it again. So thank you for staying up late or early with us, man. Oh, I'm having too much fun, Dave. Yeah, man, I didn't, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I can't believe we're in hour three already because this is flown by, flown by. And it's just, uh, you know, an interesting, interesting conversation all around. Angin Australia saying, NHI and USOs, how much can Dave be bought for? Well, if, 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 I'm telling you, if they got tacos on board, I'm I'm gone. I'm gone. You know, life supply of tacos, but there has to be one caveat on that. I, I can't gain weight. Okay. If I'm eating the tacos, I can't gain weight. And they better have a light, a good uh, a good selection of hot sauce on there, too. Oh, yeah. You a hot sauce guy? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. What's the, yeah. What's the hottest you've done? Ooh. I mean, I'll tell you what, my brother is the hot, the hot sauce guy. And he always, when I go and see him, he's got the next level oh. Carolina Reaper, Ew. you know, ultimate Scoville level sauce, you know, and he just likes to watch me try them all. But I, I can handle my heat. Yeah. I can handle my heat. I've got a, I've got two bottles in my fridge right now that one, I'm, it scares me. I've, I've gone through about a quarter <laughs> of it, but it scares me. Um, I got another one that's just pure ghost pepper and it, okay. it and it comes like it's like the the lid or the 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 top of it is uh coated in wax so you have to pull, and I haven't taken that off yet it scares me right. but the worst one I have the and I've got about 25 bottles of hot sauce in my fridge uh, but the worst one I have my my dad knows nothing about hot sauce he goes, he goes, son, what do you want for, for Christmas or for your birthday? This is a couple of years ago. So I said, dad, I want some hot sauce. Well, he doesn't know where to get it. So he walks into his town, into this Vietnamese store and this Vietnamese restaurant. And he goes, do you sell hot sauce in here? And the guy's like, yeah. And he goes, my son really likes really hot, hot sauce. And so this Vietnamese guy in his really strong accent goes up to my dad and says, this will fix them. <laughs> and every time my dad goes into that restaurant to eat now, the guy's like, how's your son? He hurt? He hurt? <laughs> Dude, this bottle I got is probably seven inches tall. Okay. Oh, my goodness. And it, it's the size of a ketchup bottle, like a plastic <laughs> ketchup bottle. And I am maybe not even an eighth of fit in that bottle. And right. it just it kills me. It kills me. Uh, like my mouth is sweating right now. Just thinking about having to eat that, you know, but yeah, because Dave knows the, the longer it sits, the hotter it gets, you know? Oh man. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Before we get to more audience questions, we're going to get to some more. I want to ask you about, this conference that happened this weekend in San Francisco, at Stanford University, put on by uh, Dr. Gary Nolan, uh, called Soul, and they kind of had the who's who of science and and even a little bit of woo there regarding it was this event. It was invite only 
tickets were very hard to come by. And if you could come by one, they were brutally expensive. But this was a conference where I'm hearing that it was absolutely amazing, the information that was passed through there. And I'm hearing on other sense that, oh, oh, here we go again with Enigma Labs times part two. You know, you've heard all about this. You know people who were there. What's your take on this invite-only conference that just happened? Uh, I think this being a new kind of organization, I think it kind of made sense to kind of limit the availability to to a certain degree because they didn't want to just attract the usual conference crowd. And, and I mean, no offense by that to the people that attend conferences. I, I've attended many myself. But what I think what they were trying to do was to try and get the serious people working within the community there. I had colleagues from Unhidden here in the UK. Two colleagues went over there to kind of make some connections and do some actual networking. You know, these are the new kind of, new generation of conferences that I think we're going to see going forward where they are very much focused on the academic and scientific side of the subject. And I think that's needed as well. I attended one in Paris, France, uh, two weeks ago, which was very much in the same vein. It was at the prestigious Sorbonne University, which is, you know, a bit like the sort of Stanford of Paris. And it, it was very much science and academic focused. We had Jacques Vallée there and a lot of really, um, high-level French scientists from aerospace companies and academia as well. And I think that it adds a lot of credibility to the subject and it shows that it's being taken seriously by other academics and scientists who may think that it's just too steeped in stigma for them to get involved. It's like a, an open door for them to say, hey, this is being taken seriously. And then we get more and more people with the credentials that we want looking at this subject. I think it's a good thing. Okay, so the idea that they are trying to once again set up another group, okay? And we've seen all of these groups start popping up. I'm going to tell you, and I, and I want to have a, an honest conversation with you on this one, because when I see one of these new groups pop up, I keep thinking that this is what people mean by disclosure for dollars, that they are going for a lot of money that the government, because once this story breaks, the budget is going to include a lot of zeros on the end. Like we're talking nine, 10 zeros. Okay. When it, when it finally comes out, if not more, I mean, any type of UFO budget, if disclosure happens is going to be in the trillions, way more than the military could get in one year. Uh, and I think you would agree with that. By, sure. by your head nodding. Um, so my thing is, I see all of these groups, whether it's Ryan Graves, whether it's Enigma Labs, whether it's Avi Loeb in, in the 14 groups that he seems to be in, okay, including this new one. I see everybody kind of, kind of trying to pace themselves into this disclosure for dollars movement. Not the Corey Good and David Wilcock kind of crap, okay, but I'm saying like real d disclosure for dollars the threat narrative dollars. What, what are your thoughts on that first and foremost, number one? But number two, how do we be careful that it isn't about the money or the budget, that it is about the science? It is about potential contact with another. Zycam knows that when you live life to the fullest, you never want to let a cold slow you down. 
With Zycam's cold shortening products, you can actually shorten colds when taken at the first sign. And with the winter chill in the air, you need the number one cold shortening brand to help shorten a cold when taken at the first sign this season. Because you should never let a cold stop you from missing out on your favorite moments of the season. Click here to shop Zycam, the number one cold shortening brand. Make your holidays magical with Kinder Joy, the unique chocolatey treat plus toy. One half of its iconic egg shape contains layers of sweet creams with crispy wafer bites. The other half has a fun holiday toy designed to spark a child's imagination. Kinder Joy makes the perfect stocking stuffers and great gifts for kids. So open a world of surprise this holiday season. Pick up Kinder Joy at your favorite retailer today. species, whether they're alien, extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial, or from different dimensions. I mean, when I look at the Soul Foundation, I, you know, you look at it spearheaded by Gary Nolan. Gary Nolan certainly isn't short of a, a few dollars, that's for sure. Do I think he's doing this to line his pockets more than to actually do some good for the subject? No, I think he's actually num- number one trying to, to, to push the subject forward. Um, that's kind of how I look at it on an individual basis basis with each of these groups some throw up a lot more questions than others i think the soul foundation with what they're trying to do it isn't just a conference where people speak and they they go in here and then next year they do it again they're actually talking about trying to help implement government policy trying to do work integrating within the whole disclosure uh, that's happening within government at the moment i think they're trying to do forward thinking work i don't think it's just a case of give us your money and we'll tell you a few things we think you might want to hear there are other organizations that maybe do have slightly more nefarious uh, thoughts on what they're doing. I don't know. But I think, you know, again, this is probably the eternal optimist coming in. But no, they're, they're good. They're good. But you know, I try and think of it on that that level. So what's your thoughts then on a group like Enigma Labs that seems to be keeping everything secret that, uh, you know, uh, Alejandro Rojas, uh, you know, no offense to him. He he seems to love this secrecy and, and kind of downplay ufology. You know, we see Ryan Graves out there. You know, God bless him. Thank you for his service as a fighter pilot. You know, but he's playing a threat narrative, you know, to try and uh, get his, his group budgetized. And he's become a great face of ufology, even though he has wants nothing to do with ufology. I mean, we see all of these popping up, and I know from my listeners, there's concern here. You know, they all want my listeners' information. They want their names, their stories, their phone numbers, their emails, and everything, but nobody knows where it's going or what the purpose is of that. To me, that's scary. It's it's this exact same thing as getting one of those revenue agency phone calls saying you're behind on your taxes. Go get us some gift cards from Walmart. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I think with Enigma Labs, when it was launched, I think that there was a lot of shadiness because of the way that they, they released it with, you know, very clearly saying that they're going to remain secret about a lot of the uh, the background of the the organization that really didn't didn't sit well within the ufo community when we're all talking about transparency and being clear about this subject yeah here they are being overly secret about investors and who's who's running the show at the top kind of thing so that was an issue um i try and with ryan graves try and take more of a a, a step back and look at it i don't think he is 
intentionally trying to just do this for the money. I think his intentions in the right place. Maybe he pushes this sort of threat narrative to make a point. Maybe he makes it too much. Um, I'm not really willing to kind of just uh, go too far on him at this point. But l- let me kind of make a comparison here. Okay, and once again, I'm not trying to throw shade on on Ryan Graves, but this is where I have concern. Lou Elizondo told me in a conversation, and I can talk about this one publicly, that one of the biggest mistakes the To The Stars Academy made when they came out was that they immediately, from day one, tried to exclude the UFO community. They bit the hand that fed them. And that was from Tom DeLong on down. And I like to use yeah. a little scenario that Tom DeLong, you know, didn't know where and when to rock star. And the UFO community was not a place to rock star. And Lou said that was one of the biggest mistakes they made as a team was that they was that they didn't include the UFO community. Not that they needed our our blessings but for not only financial support public support and if they would have launched it differently by including you know like geez even put stanton friedman on there when he was alive you know or you know love him or hate him richard dolan or somebody an educated master of ufology up there to join their team so that way we could say okay one of us is on there we could support this and they didn't do that. And I see somebody like Graves kind of doing the same thing with his group, that he wants to play in the UFO realm, but he doesn't want to listen to what the, the brains, you know, the, the, the things that the good parts that ufology has. Do you see when you that? put it like that, when you put it like that, that makes absolutely perfect sense. Yeah, a hundred percent. I can see that angle now that you've explained it that way. Absolutely, they're kind of just navigating around the community to get on top and just ignoring sort of the vital core aspect of what this subject's all about, and that is the community. So yeah, I hear you, and, and I think that is you know worrisome. And then you have people out there who are having true experiences. Okay, and I and I think Mufon. It made a big mistake by going down the governmental road too, you know, with them getting a hooking up with a lobbyist group. And I, and look, I understand why. Okay. But I think they made a mistake. They had an opportunity and I, and I talked to one of the board of directors, a couple of them about this. I think in my opinion, if they would have continued to be the voice of the people, they had a real chance of making head waves and getting their star shining in front of the UFO community again. But they wanted to play the government game too, saying, hey, we want a part of this. So really, who is talking for the people, Vinny? Who is there for you, for me, for the audience, for the person who gets abducted twice a week and has horrible things happen to them, or the person who gets abducted every second Friday who goes on a nice journey flying the craft and has incredible stories to tell who is fighting for us. That's a great question. I think we've seen, you know, like MUFON lost a lot of trust with the way that they, their direction that they took it in and with Enigma labs being 
very you know people being very uncertain about going to them as well i think people are now turning to these smaller groups that we're seeing uh, for example the experiencer group run by j christopher king i think that the, they're the way they do do things is is really really impressive and and really open uh you know really for the people so i think it is going to be these smaller groups that we're going to see coming through where people are going to start going to them because they don't trust these bigger organizations for what might happen with their data whether they're going to get actually get anything done for their case you know are they just going to be thrown on a database and that's it so i think it is time for a change i think we need a new kind of paradigm of groups where people can actually do something the problem with that is you need somebody with major bucks to put together a major computer program to hold the data that's the problem that you have i think we're going to encounter some sort of problem in whichever direction it goes in but i think they're problems that can be resolved to some degree i think it just needs a bit of time and a good business plan let's rock and roll with some more audience questions here let's go to simon here Vinny, do you look forward to mick west and neil degrasse tyson say well I was wrong. <laughs> oh, it's certainly not going to hurt to hear it, is it? I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't spend too much time worrying about stuff like that, or even thinking about it. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not one to kind of rub people's faces in things if if they they turn out to be wrong. I think they'll suffer themselves inside internally. You know, there's a real big difference. <clears throat> excuse me, between a critic like Mick West. And some of the people we see out there who are trying to make a mockery of this yeah. field. Yeah. I think there is a good place for Mick West. Mick West has never said that he doesn't want UFOs or aliens to be real. He, In his mind, he just hasn't seen the evidence. And, and I've had Mick on the air a couple of times now. I, I would invite him back any time. But, you know, I think Mick gets a raw deal outside of somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's just making fun of the situation. Absolutely. I've spoken to Mick. I had him on my show. Yeah. I don't tend to follow along too much of what he says or does, but I certainly don't have any kind of, I mean, this is the thing. I don't, I don't dislike, particularly dislike anybody in this field because yeah. I haven't got time for that. It's just not who I am. I agree. Derek wants to know, oh, I've, Who's your favorite researcher in ufology today? God, that is a good question. Huge question. There are so many kind of areas of ufology these days where the focus is on different aspects of it. So to have one overall favorite, I really struggle with. Um, I like Diana Posolka at the moment, only because I've been reading her books again. I've had a conversation with her. I really like the way she's dealing with the subject. Came in from academia outside and... You know, got boots on the ground with Gary Nolan and 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 stuff to the the gifting site, and she's speaking with people from all aspects, whether it be government, intel, and and people within ufology. I think she, she she's great. Um, I still got a soft spot for Richard Dolan to a degree. He's an amazing historian of this subject. Um, I probably got a lot of good things to say about a lot of people in this subject, but I think there are a lot of great new researchers coming into this into this field. Um, people who put out content on social media look at someone like dan warren on dan tiktok this new generation to put out all this information in such short video snippets yet make it clear and concise and really attract new people to this subject you could you know i could go on with looking at all different sides of things like that yeah and i agree with you to pick one 
it's very tough because there are so many different avenues. Like I'll, yeah. I'll throw up there. My favorite researcher is Grant Cameron. And, yeah, and, a, and a lot of people will say he's off his rocker. Okay. Because he doesn't care. He just goes down the path that the information leads him. No matter how strange it is, he's not afraid to walk that path until he finds an answer or a dead end. And then he yep. reverses himself and goes down another path. I got a lot of admiration and respect for that. I got a lot of admiration and respect for for a lot of people in this field, you know, who are trying to push the limits outside of the basic norms, you know, um, you know, whether it's ET contact and they're not, you know, they're not doing Stephen Greer disclosure for dollars. You know, hey, you want to meet an alien? It's thirty five hundred bucks. You know, they're not doing that. You know, uh, Dan Warren was is probably somebody I would put on that on that list as well. I mean, he's he's incredible and calls it just like a referee would right down the middle, you know, and I think I think he's incredible. I really do. I mean, there's probably I think it would have to be a a list of 50. Maybe we should maybe we should team up on that. Going into twenty twenty four is do a do a simultaneous podcast radio show yeah. of the top fifty ufologists in the world. To you know, I think that'd be Love fun. It. We should that would be a lot of fun. We should do that. Let's uh, talk. <laughs> okay, we got ninety seconds here. Let's let's uh, try and sneak in one more question from Neil here. Vinny, I know the UK has werewolf and big cat sightings. Do you have Bigfoot over there? There are people who go out looking for Bigfoot in the UK. There are people that said that they've seen Bigfoot out here. Um, yeah, I don't know personally, but people say there is just as much as there are the other types of cryptids that you mentioned there. Oh, my gosh. Are you a Bigfoot guy? I, I, I dabbled. I've dabbled uh, over the years. Yeah, you know, I do like Jeff Meldrum and, and, and you know, the sort of more scientific. I've not quite got to the woo Bigfoot yet with the orbs and the UFO correlations, but, you know, I, I keep my uh, my eyes out a little bit. You ever come to Canada, I'll take you to my spot. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Dude, I got two spots out here, and the one or both of them have UFOs and orbs and all of that nice. and it's weird. <laughs> and you know what it's weird is i think they start in patterns the orbs start first and then something else will happen whether a ufo sighting or whatever and then the big guy makes his appearance whether you see him wow. or not you'll know he's there it's it's pretty incredible when you're in the middle of the forest like i am where i live and all of a sudden you hear you know, howling and strange noises way in the background. It'll put uh, the hair up your che- on your chest standing right up in no time. We got one half I'm hour kidding. left on Spaced Out Radio with Disclosure uh, podcast host Vinny Adams. Disclosure team podcast, one of the best in the world. You want to download it and add it to your listing. Final half hour, Spaced Out Radio is next. Uh, clear that question yeah we were we it's funny because i got my my one buddy mark okay um he's been a hunter his entire life he's been a a hunting guide he's been a um an animal like a wolf tracker and a 
and a mountain lion tracker and a bear tracker. You know, this guy has been there, done it all in the forest of British Columbia. Never believed in Sasquatch. And then after the fires here in 2017, we had found two footprints in 2016. Uh, one eighteen inches, and and it, it was funny. My buddy Mike found it, and he found it. He he was hunting rabbits and grouse, and he found it by jumping out of his vehicle because he had to take a piss. <laughs> and as he's as he's starting to pee, he looks down to his right, and there is an eighteen inch track. Wow. Yeah. Did he manage to did he did he did he get casts of him at all? He went back to cast it and a vehicle drove over it. Oh no. Yeah. So we went back and we searched the area and probably two hundred, three hundred feet into the forest, we found an opening and there was a fifteen inch track there. And so a year later, because we went through a really bad drought here, a year later the track was still there. And so when we got, we were evacuated during forest fires in 2017. And when we came back, I got to know this guy, Mark. And Mark Mark started listening to my show during the evacuation. And, and like, we lived, like, two miles from each other. So he's like, hey, do you mind if we meet? And I'm like, yeah, man. Like, I, I don't really have a lot of friends in this town. I was still pretty new. And we've become best friends since, but this guy's done everything in the forest. And I, I took him to, he goes, I don't believe in the Sasquatch stuff. I said, let me show you a track. So we went and I showed him a track. And for about 20 minutes, he kneeled down at that track. And he's like, this is unbelievable. He goes, what is this? This is unbelievable. Right. And it was right there. And, and so he started slowly believing, but still quite skeptical. And then in 2018, uh, we had another encounter with our buddy Merle. If you listen to the show, you know who Merle is. I do, yeah. yeah. And Merle, Mark, and I got chased out of the forest by two of them. <sighs> and wow. fast forward to this year where we did some filming in that same area, and i got to be careful with what I say, but let's just say that Sasquatch made an appearance. But last year, Canadian Thanksgiving, so 13 months ago, we were in the forest and it was at our gift at our site where we have a gifting site. We had found a 13 inch track there and Mark hears this snap of a twig way off in the distance. We bring our flashlights up and he's like, you got to be, he literally says, you got to be effing kidding me. <laughs> and our flashlights are up and about a hundred yards from us there's about a 10 foot sasquatch standing there and he is staring back at us like the, the whole like black shadow view that you see of the sasquatch like just standing there with the shoulders out the the head and we we could see the outline perfectly and mark wow. myself and my son saw it and then my buddy mike came up He's like, what are you guys looking at? We like Sasquatch over here. And when we turned back to look after Mike came up on us, that's where the Sasquatch then knelt down. So we could see it kneeling down. And we started slowly moving towards it. 
And it was a one <laughs> night, one night out of our lives where we all brought our shittiest flashlights. Right. <laughs> okay. And, you know, cause, and we actually, uh, we don't know how he left. No right. idea. If he would have went to his left, our right, he would have had to climb over a bunch of fallen trees. We would have heard that. If he went to our left, his right, he would have walked across a logging road, like a one vehicle logging road, and then up a seven, eight foot embankment. We would have seen it. If he came forward, we would have seen him because we're closing in. And if he went backwards, we would have seen him disappear. And we don't know how he left, but he was gone. And then his friend, a few minutes later, started yelling in the forest that was cool uh we're gonna get going here in about five seconds so just stay put and uh we got enough questions everyone uh so here we go Final half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. We're just going to get right to it. You've heard all the advertising that I do at the beginning of each half hour, but Vinny Adams from Disclosure Team Podcast is here with us. We're going to continue the UFO talk. Before we get to more audience questions, Vinny, I'm not sure if you heard this story or not, but apparently at an airport in India, in Manipur's Imphal Airport, they had to shut down all flights due to a ufo sighting did you hear about this i did yeah i saw the video as well uh fascinating i mean the video isn't particularly anything new or um it's just the usual kind of white light just hovering in the sky but like you said there the important thing is they actually had to shut down the airport you know this is a busy airport they don't just do that randomly on a whim this must have you know been some real serious concerns as to what this object was so whether we learn more about it in the coming days, I don't know. But, yeah, I definitely saw that earlier today. Yeah. What's your thoughts? I mean, we haven't had a really good airport sighting like that since probably Chicago O'Hare. Yeah. In 2006. I mean, I mean, if any case should be brought forward, it's that one. To leave a hole in a cloud the size of a giant circle, that ain't no drone. That ain't no China. Zycam knows that when you live life to the fullest, you never want to let a cold slow you down. With Zycam's cold shortening products, you can actually shorten colds when taken at the first sign. And with the winter chill in the air, you need the number one cold shortening brand to help shorten a cold when taken at the first sign this season. Because you should never let a cold stop you from missing out on your favorite moments of the season. Click here to shop Zycam, the number one cold shortening brand. Make your holidays magical with Kinder Joy, the unique chocolatey treat plus toy. One half of its iconic egg shape contains layers of sweet creams with crispy wafer bites. The other half has a fun holiday toy designed to spark a child's imagination. Kinder Joy makes the perfect stocking stuffers and great gifts for kids. So open a world of surprise this holiday season. Pick up Kinder Joy at your favorite retailer today. Chinese Woolcraft. 
No, absolutely. I believe there's more information on that case still hidden somewhere, I think. Oh, not, yeah. Hopefully not the heard the end of it. But I think you mentioned something there. That I think a lot of the issues that we've seen, especially here in the UK over the years, is these drones that fly over airports are really muddying the waters when it comes to these cases. Because a lot of the times they can't be identified straight away. We've, there's been cases here in the UK for years where, you know, they're anomalous objects and then they find out eventually they're drones. But and there's not a lot of information released, and it muddies the waters a little bit. It's the same with a lot of these nuclear cases that we've had in Europe as well, about large unknown objects hovering over mm-hmm. these bases. Are they drones? Are, you know, it, it's really difficult. But you're right, we haven't had a good UFO airport case in a while. Well, the cool part about it was they shut down the airport for three hours, stranding over 500 passengers, and the Indian Air Force actually dispatched fighters to go fly into the area to try and find the craft unsuccessfully. So, I mean, this just adds to the mystery of what's going on, and I think it's absolutely great. I do. I do. Yeah. We need more reports like that, especially non, non-military non reports. Let me ask you this. Are you, are you tired of military reports? I could... Um, Unless they're coming with video, I could throw them in the garbage personally, you know, because there are so many more reports out there and, and they've really done a great job in the United States of turning this into a military issue rather than an everyday citizen issue. doesn't matter whether you're military or not. Just your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I'd never say that I'm tired of it. I, I do prefer to hear from outside of the military i was very lucky enough last year to be contacted by a commercial pilot who i spoke with for over six months privately on all of the incidences and uh, things that he'd seen in his career the captain of a 747 and eventually he you know we broke his story on my show and he went on to do ryan graves show and he's now involved with big organizations in europe to do with air safety when it comes to uap and doing a lot of good work which is in itself has brought forward a lot of other european commercial pilots who are speaking to him about their experiences so it's it's had this grand knock-on effect and it's wonderful to hear from them because you know like they're not got these ties to the military and it's almost like the civilian sector of you know sightings that we want to hear about and not just government so, yeah, I think that's where my I prefer to, to go with. I know there's a lot of pilots out there. I've spoken to a lot privately. And the stigma, unfortunately, in the aviation industry is still very thick. So we need more of them to come forward. Here's the thing. I want to know why everything we're seeing right now is so small. I mean, what happened to Japan Airlines, you know, where they, their pilots are encountering a mile to two mile long craft? Or the Phoenix Lights craft, which was a couple miles wide. This is what I want to see. This is the type of stuff that I want to get back to rather than the, this is where, to me, the conflict between, once again, UAP and UFOs take over. Because a UAP is usually drone size. Maybe the size of a car. Maybe a, maybe a bus. But it's drone size. Well, I want the big suckers back, man. <laughs> you know? You know, I do know what you mean. I mean, David Grush did mention uh, uh, someone he spoke to with this huge triangle. I think they're still out there. They're still happening. But you're right. We're seeing these small metallic orbs and 
uh, things like that a lot more at the moment. Uh, you know, even looking at the the data coming out of Arrow that we have got so far, that the vast majority of the cases they've been looking at seem to be orbs as well. It's a great. It's strange how over the decades we have a, a, the era of flying saucers going into triangles, going into tic tacs, going into orbs. It's really strange how that keeps happening. I, I don't know why, but I want the big stuff too. Not a problem, man. Uh, not a problem. I, hey, we're on the same page there. Same page. Okay, let's go to a couple more audience questions here. Let's go to Derek. Who do you think is going to take over the arrowhead from Kirkpatrick? We talked to maybe, is it going to be Kurt Nell? Carl Nell would be great, you know, from what I've heard. from You know, he was great when he was named in the, the original Grush article in the debrief back in June 5th, I think it was. Someone who obviously takes this issue seriously and has actually backed up David Grush. But is that just a wishful thinking that we really want it to be him? I, I wouldn't be so surprised. Um, as long as we've got someone who's willing to do the work and uh, and do it right, I think, it, I don't know. I do, don't know. Do you think it has to be someone tied tightly to the Pentagon? I mean, Susan Goff, for instance, seemed to have her way with Sean Kirkpatrick on what he could and cannot say. This is the issue. I, I mean, I'm hoping that now that it has moved out under OUSDI, that there is a bit more freedom for the person that takes over as director to to, to, to even talk more publicly. Kirkpatrick did a couple of times in, in his time there. I think maybe under Kathleen Hicks and uh, Depsec Def, it might happen like that. I'm not sure. But the one thing is that, you know, Sean Kirkpatrick, you know, I, um, I'm very good friends with someone who worked directly with him at Space Command. And so I was aware of Kirkpatrick before he became director of Arrow. And, you know, apparently he was a straight up guy. He's not like a, he's not a, a bad person per se. Uh, I think he's been tarnished a lot with the, uh, by the UFO community about because we didn't get what we wanted from Arrow. Um, but I don't think it's all Kirkpatrick's fault. I just hope that the new director is someone that it, it can can show us that they're doing more. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uses the word transparency for what it actually <laughs> means. Yeah. In the UK, Tony is asking, Vinny, what's your thoughts about Carl? Well, same thing. Carl now taking over. Yeah. We don't know That'd if he's, great. but we don't know if he's going to take over yet. Apparently there is one other person who is allegedly in the running. His name hasn't become public yet. Uh, you know, and, you know, the best thing that we can hope for is that it's somebody who understands the community, the government side of everything, because we know that person's going to have to keep secrets, yeah. you know, and the best way to figure that out is who is going to be supporting them publicly. If, if a guy like Chris Mellon isn't a fan, you know that this person is more working for the Pentagon than for any sort of disclosure movement. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Couldn't say it better. So, yeah, let's just hope. Let's not just put all our eggs in one basket at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Let's go to Super Crazy. Do you think the government currently has living aliens or NHI beings under captivity? Uh, look, I think by the sounds of things, if we're to go on what David Grush says, they have these bodies, right? It doesn't sound like any of them were living sounds like they were either intact or in pieces. So I don't, based on that, I don't think we have any living aliens. 
or beings under captivity, even going back to the stories of Eben or EBE and the stuff that's been spoken about historically, I don't even know if they were true. Did they find one living body among the Roswell crash and the others were dead? I don't know. I'd like to believe it, but but I struggle with it. Yeah, I I don't know. This is where I, I, I fall into the I don't know category because it is plausible. Mm-hmm. It is plausible. And if they have had contact with extraterrestrials for decades, like many people believe, whether it's J-Rod or whether it's the Ebens or, or whatever, let's let's not even get into the humanity, the the woo side of the Galactic Federation or, or reptilians <laughs> or anything like that. Not saying that they don't exist, but just trying to keep it factually to what we have seen up until this point, okay, right. on the, from the government side, or or even Valiant Thor for that incident, the <laughs> Venusian from the sixties, okay. The idea behind it all is if that if they are there, and if just one of those rumors is true. And and this is why, and I don't know how, what you've done with your audience, but with my audience, Finn, what I've tried to do is I've tried to say to them, look, under this confirmation movement, the threat narratives and everything that we've had, we cannot throw anything out. We sure. can't we can't throw out the J Rod videos. We can't throw out the Eben videos. We, you know, we can't throw out Bob Lazar to the trash or David Adair or John Lear or any of the woo spiracists out there because or the Eisenhower theory of trading humans for technology because this secret is so deep we don't know what is the truth and the problem that we have in ufology is we have people who are playing the I don't believe it game because I don't believe it you know they're 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 using opinion as fact rather than knowledge. And there's too many unanswered questions to say that any of this is garbage or malarkey or whatever, right? I know somebody who used to work at Area 51, and this person says that the Bob Lazar story is a joke. But, you know, like it's an actual joke on base. But this person goes on to say that they need... They still have questions because there are certain things that Lazar has said that are correct. A lot of it wrong, but the base is so tight that you'd have to be there to know. Yeah, I agree with that. Zycam knows that when you live life to the fullest, you never want to let a cold slow you down. With Zycam's cold shortening products, you can actually shorten colds when taken at the first sign. And with the winter chill in the air, you need the number one cold shortening brand to help shorten a cold when taken at the first sign this season. Because you should never let a cold stop you from missing out on your favorite moments of the season. Click here to shop Zycam, the number one cold shortening brand. Make your holidays magical with Kinder Joy, the unique chocolatey treat plus toy. One half of its iconic egg shape contains layers of sweet creams with crispy wafer bites. The other half has a fun holiday toy designed to spark a child's imagination. Kinder Joy makes the perfect stocking stuffers and great gifts for kids. So open a world of surprise this holiday season. Pick up Kinder Joy at your favorite retailer today.
everything you said there and i i do kind of more so like i you know i have my my show on my channel but i i spend a lot of time on instagram interacting with the community as well that's kind of where i have my biggest kind of following and stuff and we talk a lot um and i always say you can't if you, unless anything can be a hundred percent proven to be either true or false why take it off the table you're doing a disservice to 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 research mm-hmm. you know you have to go where the data leads and if the data doesn't go to a hundred percent true or false then it stays on the table there may be a scale where certain things probably more probable and others less probable, but it all has to stay on that proverbial table until it can be completely taken off with 100% conclusion. And, and the other question that follows up, and I'll ask you this, I've asked a lot of people this over the last year, what is proof? Videos don't, <laughs> videos don't work anymore because of AI and CGI getting so good. Photos don't work anymore because Photoshop got perfected by eight-year-olds 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Audio doesn't work. Anecdotal evidence doesn't work. If I bring you a classified paper, that doesn't work anymore. What is proof? It's true. Maybe it's a multitude of data points together that, that paint a clear picture. Is it, let's say in a, in a UFO case, is it a photograph with radar data, with witness testimony, and all of these kind of individual data points that on their own aren't enough put together? Is it enough? Is it a hundred percent? Probably even not at that point. So I see, I see where you're coming from. It's very difficult in this day and age. It it is because because when the way I look at it, when I hear the skeptics talk about it, okay, you know they say, "Well, show me proof," and I get at least once a week in my chat yeah. room. Where's the proof? Show me the proof. Stop telling me stories. I don't know what proof is because I can bring you those data points on a video, but you're going to say, yeah, those are man-made. That's human technology. You can't please. It's it's a difficult subject to please those people that just want, want, want. And look, we all want, but you've got to be realistic about it. You know, if we could just show you the proof now, we wouldn't be here. We'd, we'd, We'd be moved on to something else. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to work towards some kind of proof. You know, there is a lot of evidence out there. I always say to people, there is a lot of evidence out there that there is something going on. And that's why I continue to research and have done for so long. That case I mentioned earlier from 1956, where there's radar data, pilot testimony, that is evidence that there is something, there was, was something happening in the 1950s that is beyond anything prosaic, in my opinion. But it isn't proof. So where do you kind of stop? Where do you draw the line? You're right. It's, it's tough. It's hard to navigate. I, I don't know what proof is anymore. That's all I could tell you. I don't know. Unless I see it with my own eyes, I don't know what proof is anymore. We got one final question from our audience. This is Jules. If government employees or ex-employees want to join our civilian organizations, they should have the decency to hide their purposes. It's more of a comment, but Jules is usually pretty strong on, on what she and very thorough on her comments or questions. What do you think about that idea? You know, that, hey, if you're if you're going public, you got to try and be as honest and open as possible. Yeah, if they want to join our civilian organizations and be a part of the community as we are with each other, you know, because I like to think overall we are a decent community. The majority of people are decent human beings. So, yeah, if someone wants to come and party with us, let's say, then, yeah, be open, be honest. Otherwise, because... You'll get found out, I think. 
moving forward, we got four and a half minutes to go here. Hard to believe this is almost the end. <laughs> Holy cow. Where do you see the next three to six months going into 2024, including Elizondo's book? Is it ever coming out? I think we're going to see that more likely towards the end of next year, I think. But uh, next three to six months will uh, will depend a lot on the Schumer Amendment and the Disclosure Act and whether the NDAA goes over Biden's desk and gets that all-important signature and we go into the new year on a high because, you know, we're going to be looking forward to certain things happening. I think that's going to be huge, certainly for people like me. Um, I want to see more witnesses come forward. I want to see more experiences talk up. I think the stigma's dropping enough now that I think it's time. I'm certainly going to platform a lot more experiences. I think it's time for me to kind of dip my toe in that pond and show some respect. Um, what else? I think we need more uh, more good conferences. I do like the conference circuit. I'm not for some of the sort of ways that they've been historically, dressing up as little green men and and I want to see serious conversations happen because the one thing I will say about conferences that I've found is that the networking and connections you can make in, in person are incredible. It's great having people on my show and talking privately, but there's something about in-person meetings and conversations that actually go a long way. I think so too. The networking is the great part. The conversations yeah. are tough to listen to at times. You know, but the the networking is fantastic. And the other thing that I would like to see, too, heading into 2024, is I, I think we need more high-quality documentaries on this. And, and like, if, if I go to Netflix or, or Amazon right now and I bring up, say, 20 different uh, <laughs> UFO documentaries in the, in the, from the 90s to, to 2020, it's the same people saying the same message on a different title each time. Yeah. And I, 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 I like seeing new faces and new stories and uh, instead of pumping out the old stories. And I think we need to start digging into more new stories because let's face it, there's more than one Chris Bledsoe out there. Sure. There's, more than, there's I mean more than one Travis Walton. Yeah, I mean, Steve Bassett's latest, uh, the, the Hollywood Disclosure Alliance, you know, that the aim yeah. of that is to put filmmakers together with, the, the, you know, the community and stuff. And I think that that will a lot bring more credibility to, to film, filmmakers who are looking to break into this subject, but put something good out. Because you're right, when you go on Amazon Prime, it's just a plethora of what the hell is that? You know, it's just nonsense documentaries and we don't need that. That just sets us back. That keeps the stigma firmly in place a lot of the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Vinny, we got 90 seconds to go here. And I want to say a big thank you, man. The, tonight's show was exactly what I hoped for uh, in, in uh, bringing this uh, show together. It's been too long. And, uh, you know, definitely we have to do this again, my man. Anytime. I, I can't thank you enough. It's been a, it's been absolutely wonderful. It's the best conversation I've had in a long time. So, Dave, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. Do me a favor, if you don't mind. Tell everybody where they can find your podcast. Tell everybody where they can find your YouTube channel and everything you got, Instagram. Yeah, no problem. If you go over to YouTube, just search Disclosure Team. It's the very obvious black and white logo that you see here on my microphone. Uh, at the moment, it's not going out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It is going out audio-only exclusive to Patreon, which you can join for like a dollar a month. 
go and find me on Instagram. I'm very active on there. Uh, disclosure underscore team. You can find me on Twitter. But you're, any of those platforms, you'll find the allmylinks.com and you can just explore from there and find me wherever. And I'm very active. I try and respond to all comments and get into the good conversations. So it'd be good to see some new faces. And, the, and I think, to Andy, you said something real important there. It's about having good conversation. It doesn't have to, you don't have to agree, but it's about having high quality conversation in letting people understand where the information is going and where you can find proper information without having to delve into the cesspools of Twitter and, and other places to, you know, find your yoke or whatever it may be. Vinny, thank you so much. What a great show tonight. And uh, you made us better tonight. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. Vinny Adams from Disclosure Team. If if I recommend any podcast, and I never do this, this is one you want to sign up for because it's high-quality information right from the sources. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brothers watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up. For the guitar god himself, special thanks to everybody listening in, at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on X at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, yeah, we've got room for them too. Good night. Zycam knows that when you live life to the fullest, you never want to let a cold slow you down. With Zycam's cold shortening products, you can actually shorten colds when taken at the first sign. And with the winter chill in the air, you need the number one cold shortening brand to help shorten a cold when taken at the first sign this season. Because you should never let a cold stop you from missing out on your favorite moments of the season. Click here to shop Zycam, the number one cold shortening brand. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.